Okay, kids, let's go. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Hello, what have we here? Thanks, C3 penis face and R2 dickhead. Hello there. Looking? Found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> May the force be with us. Fucking A. Good day, Galaxy Rogue Squadron podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Solo episode. Not by myself. About Solo. About Solo. Ooh. I am Opar. I am Commander Cody. We've got one of our delicious... <laughs> Dedicated and belligerent patrons on Mr. Jacob Weiss. Hello. <laughs> if, uh, if you guys are fans of the show, we, we've mentioned uh, Mr. Weiss many, many a times, referring to either um, terrifying memes that he makes about me. Or Kerner. <laughs> or correcting everything we say. He's uh, an encyclopedia of fandom. It's very true. And still we- wrong half the time. <laughs> But you'll you make an we- argument for like two days straight about something, and then two days after that, you'll be like, guys, by the way. I got to prove myself wrong real quick. Everything that I said was not true. Amazing. Everything you said in that sentence. Do you, uh, so we know you as uh, on the Xbox as Lil Drangus. Do you have uh, another alias? No. It Just- used to be um, like back in like the 360 days, it was Finn the Human. Um, Finn the Human? Yeah. But it was like, I was like 16, so it was like F1NN, <laughs> like that type of spelling, you know, like T-H-A, oh. Edgy. like for the, yeah. Of course. I, uh, one of these days, one of these days, uh, Commander and I will write down some of the original Xbox names that we had on Halo. <laughs> um, it was, uh, we can't say it here. It was unforgivable. We we'll talk about that politically we correct. About it, yeah. Holy <laughs> crap, it was not. <laughs> Let, that's just to give you a, an inkling. One was, uh, hey, would you blow me? All one word. <laughs> All one word. That's what teenagers do uh, hang out. I remember playing like LAN or like split screen on Halo. It would always say like so-and-so killed you or so-and-so yep. fragged you. So right. we would always do like um, like your mom, like stuff like that. So it would say like, oh, your mom killed you. Yep. Yep. We that's would exactly always why we try to it. play around with those. Yep. Ass monkey F you. I mean, we had a lot. We had a lot, <laughs> lot, 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 lot of them. Um Oh, man. Once again, thank you guys for tuning in. Yes. Uh, we're going to be getting into a beer review here real quick. We are. Maybe a couple. Um, I think Weiss, I saw you got a, a few. I'm yeah, just gonna I have call a couple. You and I will um, make the official announcement. This <clears throat> is going to be a spoiler episode. Uh, if, if you're Definitely. not yeah, uh, already solo, so. ready and willing mm-hmm. to discuss. So, yeah. so if you're listening um, to this and you haven't seen the movie yet, pause. Don't want to ruin anything for you. Just like uh, Last Jedi ruined the franchise for you. You don't want us to ruin it by spoiling the movie. And it's only been out, uh, what, two full days. Um, yeah. Because it came out Thursday night for the, the technical midnight uh, stuff. But uh, the technical yeah, record- midnight release at 7 p.m. Eastern. Yep. Guaranteed. So let's, let's crack into these. Good day, Galaxy. Mopar here with, uh, what's, the, what's your name? Uh, commander, maybe. <laughs> As always, the commander joining us. 
<laughs> Why? <laughs> if you guys want to, uh, if you guys are fans of the podcast and only listen to the audio stuff, maybe using iTunes and whatnot, you guys can uh, get some extra special video footage shit. It's on, it's on YouTube. You guys can head on over to YouTube, Rogue Squadron Podcast. You can search it up. Um, we do record pretty much every episode. Uh, we also record our Patreon calls with our Patreon members. So you guys can j- go over there and uh, actually watch us and our pretty faces. If, you, if you're sitting around, uh, you know, uh, no pants on, on a couch, you know, you want to look at some uh, great things. Half um, pants on. Maybe. Half pants on. One leg. We're, one leg. we're a great show for people with half pants on. Yes, yes. So like I said, if you want to just uh, add a little bit of your experience, uh, <laughs> add a little bit more to your experience with us, uh, definitely head on over to YouTube, Rogue Squadron Podcast. Just subscribe. Um, and it also will let you know when we go live. Uh, and that's probably the the best thing about it. Not only do you get to see our pretty faces, but um, you guys, you can join us when we record live. Right now it's uh, Sunday evenings, but, you know, that's always subject to change because uh, we haven't done that for like three weeks. But, uh, yeah, it'll it'll at least send you an email. Rogue Squadron Podcast has gone live, and then you can join us and uh, chit-chat with us while we record. So extra bonus features. I'm excited because I actually have two of them. Um, I do too, here. kind of. I was just warming up. I was, I was having a few of these that were left over in the fridge um, while gaming earlier. So I've been having a few of these and then I got some from across the street to uh, review. What you mine, got? Uh, what you got there, uh, Weiss? Mine says Glorious Galaxy Pale Ale. Uh, it's kind of a tall boy 16-ouncer. Uh, kind of a cool can. Kind of a cool can. But uh, I had one of these last night. Nice. Um, but it was mixed with a bunch of other shit, so I want. I'm gonna get a true, true review tasting on this. Perfect. Weiss, what do you have? I have the uh, IPL, the India Pale Lager, mm-hmm. but it has this like Public Image Limited kind of logo, like the band. But they switched up the order of the letters. It says music in liquid form. Um, <laughs> it's acoustic ales from San Diego. Why can't nice. it be liquid in music form? I know that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. I also just want to take a second to um, applaud Jacob's background because whenever he's on the Patreon call, that's all I can focus on is it looks like he's in a massage parlor. And you probably yeah, heard us like mentioning that before on the show, but it's just the, the best backdrop ever. Nice yep. laundry basket too. I have the same one. You're either at a massage parlor or like a a, a, a porn scene. Um, and it could be I think both. Those are usually the same place, usually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me crack mine open too. Commander, what do you have? Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, let me. Uh, I'm gonna crack mine open and pour it here. I'm gonna try to pour mine, but I'll probably. I got all distracted. Um, so the- this place just opened up right across the street. It's called Brew Dog. It's from Scotland. They opened up a giant brewery here, out in the suburbs a few years ago, and then they just opened up a few tap rooms. Um, around the city, and it's right across the street by Land Grant. So, um, this pour is really nice. We got some floaty <laughs> roasties in this bitch. <laughs> oh, is that one of those? Is, what's in it? I've been seeing I, that with all those like uh, orange wheat ones lately. Uh, this one just says it's a Galaxy Pale L. It doesn't have a uh, sonnet on there. <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? It does have like legit floaties in it. Um, like more than just a you know sediment, it it looks like someone ground up parsley and put it in this thing. 
Um, very light in color, but I'm excited. Smells very good. Sweetness. So this is the, I mentioned Brewdog. This is the Hazy Jane, it's called. It's, you know, the, the big trend right now is hazy pale ales and hazy IPAs. Very juicy, very fruity, very light. Um, sorry. It foamed up. Took a minute to pour. Off the rails. Boom. Already. Looks, it looks like motherfucking uh, pineapple yeah. orange juice. Kind of looks like this. Yeah. Very same color. Oh, yeah. Very same color. Very We're same color. We're getting educated here. Very same color. <laughs> All so, right, well, uh, um, sniff tested, everybody. Are we just diving right into it? I drank mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's dive right in. Not even the drinking bell. I, I, we've missed the drinking bell so many episodes. It's well, now my that soul. this uh, this is confirmed to be Jacob Weiss's last uh, guest appearance on uh, the podcast because he First doesn't know when to, when to wait for the drink bell. <laughs> oh, let's hear it. Hey, you missed it. I got. I've <laughs> he got. Doesn't a, even have it by him. What? I've got. What's the thing from Baby Driver? So I just kind of always hear that. It's always just what? telling me to drink. <laughs> oh, like you have that <laughs> fucking thing where there's a just a ringing in your ear forever. Yeah, that's hilarious. I see. What uh, what what are you thinking on yours, Jacob? I like it. It's a uh, it's a little peppery. Yeah, that's this peppery for a lager. That's interesting. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what the India Pale Lager does. Like how they kind of blend those. Um, I mean, they got me with the bottle. It was cool design. So, um, I could probably Google a description for what an IPL don't tastes do it, like. It, it'll 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 defer your thoughts and your initial <laughs> inklings on it. You'll start reading in the comments. This beer sucks ass. Say. It ruined all liquids that I've ever drank before in my childhood. Just like Star Wars, it's a perfect crossover. Just like Solo. There's Just like a, Solo. There's another beer that this acoustic ales makes though, called the Danger Zone. Ooh. Which is a triple IPA. That one I've had is really good. Okay. It's like a grapefruit pineapple. That is dangerous. But see that that can go very very good or very bad. True. I mean, it's like it smells like grapefruit and pineapple, but it's kind of more like earthy. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. This is, I think maybe that's what these floaties are. Uh, it's very earthy, peppery. Uh, finished this. Not as bitter. Um, very drinkable. I'm very happy with this. Nice. Uh. I will say, let me get in the description here, six and a half percent, and it is Lord Hobo Brewing Company. Um, it's out of Massachusetts, which is very weird. This I didn't is... know Massachusetts did anything outside of tea. <laughs> this is stronger than I thought. It's 7.2. Didn't know that. It's in some, some high territory there. No, it's uh, So yeah, if you ever see a New England IPA... Um, or a hazy pale ale or a hazy IPA. That's kind of what this is, and that was what our uh, our Lando system was for the for the May Fourth event and for the solo event, um, which I should get a growler of and then bring on the show and review that because obviously it wasn't canned or anything. But maybe I'll try to find a growler of that before uh, next episode. Man, this stuff is blowing my mind. It's got the sediments in it are like staying like floated up. Like it's not settling. What what what's the what's the name for that? There's something. Like it's not mixing, but it's also not settling. There's a there's a rising. word for that. It's rising. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it kind of it kind of looks like a solid. It looks like a like a jelly. <laughs> it honestly does. That's what because none of the stuff's moving. Is it really cold? It no, it's not. Uh, it's blowing my mind. Blowing your buds. No, this is good, I mean, man. It's um, 
These mm. these New England styles can there's a there's a fine line between a juicy profile on a beer and it just tasting like carbonated pineapple juice that you're drinking. Yeah. This one's a little too fruity, um, but I still like it. It's not. I think there was one I had last week or the week before that was like kind of hard to stomach because it was too much like juice. Or no, it was. Um, I had one with Tommy Boy, something from Platform, the other day, and that was it. Literally, was just like juice. But this one is pretty good, stronger than I thought. But yeah, Brewdog, right across the street. Let's dive into it. I am going to give this a very, very solid two. Um, I think the drinkability of it is so it's it's so drinkable. I was going to say it's so high, but. That doesn't... Is that a high drinkability? I guess that makes sense. I'm talking my way through this. Um, it, it, it's... it's I, I'm always on the fence with the, the sediments and the floaties. Like, I always think, oh, that's adding to it, and I'm, I'm happy with that. But the, the fact that it's just sitting there, it's kind of disconcerting. Like, it's a bad beer. It, it's can, it was canned last month, so it's got to be good. It's fresh. Um, it's fresh. So, yeah, I'm going to give this a completely solid, too. It's not blowing me. It's unfortunate whenever that happens. <laughs> that, that's the goal for every beer. But uh, that's the goal. What are you thinking, <laughs> uh, Mr. Weiss? I'm going to go with a three. Um, oh, I've, I've had this once before, and I've been wanting to have it again, but it's pretty hard for me to find. Um, it's not even on their website, so I don't know if it was like a limited time run. Um, now, are you just giving it a three because you haven't had a beer in a while? You're like, no, this I, stuff's I had, a, delicious. I had a beer last night. Yeah. Or because you're first time on the show and you're trying to impress us. No, I like liking things. <laughs> oh, this is not the show for you. <laughs> it's really, it's really fun. This actually is the show for you, unless it's Mopar talking about Marvel. Everything else, we're pretty, uh, pretty positive about. See, I get yeah. a bad rap for that because I was, I was praising, <laughs> I was praising uh, Infinity War. I just didn't want to rate it because I've only seen it once. Everybody's like. What a hater! This guy's a jackass! And while Explain I might be a jackass... in 5,000 words why it's not a three-star movie. I'll, I'll, I'll put that into writing here in a minute. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just giving you shit. No, this is super drinkable. Um, I like that it's kind of peppery. I don't know if I would drink like a six-pack of it, but... Drinkability is key, man. Yeah. I really, like, it can be a, a great-tasting beer, but if I don't want to have, like, more than one, there's something wrong. Like... It should be drinkable, and yeah. you should be yearning for more. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, this is way better on draft. I will say that for sure. Um, and I hate like if it's a good beer, it should taste good in the can. Like I don't want to have to get it on draft just to enjoy it. Um, but I've had it across the street, and I remember it being a way better um, on draft. So I don't that's, know. That's it's, a, that's it's a, just a, a two, I guess. That's a fine line. Sometimes the beers taste better in cans. And you go have it on draft, and you're like, why does this taste weird? Um, a lot of times, it's the opposite. You know, you, you have it in yeah. a can, and you're like, ah, that wasn't that good. And then you go out and order one just to fuck around, and you're like, wow, this yeah. stuff's delicious. So, or they have a fucked up draft system, or you never know. Right. Or the it was brewed a year and a half ago, and they forgot about it. It's been sitting there. That's, that's why it's on a happy hour special. Ram's piss. Um, half off. <laughs> Ram's piss. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm like on the border of one and two, unfortunately. I think I'm going to sit with the two because every other time I've had this, I have enjoyed it. Um, and it, what, it, it what, is it is drinkable enough. So we'll say that. What uh, you said it is an IPA. It's a New England style IPA. So it's the, the hazy, juicy. You can't New see England through it. New England style. 
slightly racist, called. slightly yeah. racist, imperialistic. Like some chowder in there. <laughs> Fucking colonist. Yeah. It's colonist beer. No, it's colonist good. beer. It's good. Good, good. But it's just, you know, average. So, two. Now, I will, uh, I do have a side beer um, that I got while I was in uh, West Virginia. Um, it's called The Mothman. Mothman. Nice. Uh, it's a black IPA. So, I might be cracking this open uh, here in a little bit and we're going to roll the dice here. Um, yeah. So, what? what's, you, you've been in and out of uh, Gaming Commander. Um, I'm back in. Full Mr. Pub, uh, PUBG General over here mm-hmm. has been yelling at us. Uh, what are you guys doing? I'm back um, in, man. Full force. Yeah. I I messed around a little bit too much, I think, for Cody. I crashed our uh, our van into a ravine <laughs> the other day trying to run up on these dudes outside of a house, and he was not very happy. But uh, <laughs> besides that... <laughs> we were fully stocked on equipment, and then he's driving down the road, and there's a house <laughs> over here, and there's a we're driving on a ridge, and there's like a 10-foot gap between the ridge and the house, <laughs> and the guys are there, and he just tanks the van into that fucking crevice and we're stuck and we just get blown up. <laughs> so you gotta random. roll the dice. It was our, dice. like our first time playing that map too, the new one. Um, very true. It's a fun game, but sometimes it gets slow, so I just like to rush it. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Commander, Co- Commander Cody's very cautious. I am, yeah. Well, I, I like to get my bearings so I understand the game and then by the time I'm playing Battlefield 4 for the thousandth match, we can just run in and be reckless. Yeah. But I like to figure out how the game works first. I swear Especially that game that helped me so much with Battlefield. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm noticing Just like that. the gunfights, like getting up close and not freaking out, mm-hmm. spraying all over the place. Yeah. We got uh, is there is there multiple maps on PUBG? just two now? Two. Two. Nice. I think PC has three and maybe one more coming, but for console it's just two. They just launched Miramar. Nice. Nice. Uh as we were talking before we started recording, I'm Back on Halo, um, I have been hitting up the Battlefront again. Um, it's fun. It's just a fun game. That's all. Like, we've already talked about it. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, I was playing with uh, Lord Kerner earlier, and well, I don't know where we were. Crate, and it was a really good battle. I mean, shit was blowing up. I mean, it was dying left and right. And of course, Lord Lord Kerner says, "Holy shit! It's like a war zone out here." <laughs> I just I said it before and I'll say it again. That kid is a fucking cartoon character. I don't understand. That's the only way to describe it, honestly. It's called Star Wars, you have, Oh my god. This war is like a war. That's exactly what he I, I, I couldn't stop laughing. He's like, "What it is?" I'm like, I, "That's exactly what it is." Oh my god. That's good. That um, game usually doesn't feel like that. So that's that's you good know, actually. I am still so upset at that game in so many ways. Um, I was kicked twice today uh, for no reason. Where I joined up, partied up with him, went into a game, kicked, he, and he got in. What the fuck? <laughs> Two, I haven't seen like half the maps for a fucking year. I haven't played Kashyyyk. I haven't played as the clones. I haven't seen Naboo. I haven't seen any of this shit. Yeah. It's always first order on Takadana, Hoth, or Sus, um, uh, Crate. Starkiller Base and Crate, yeah. Yeah. But it's... A, it's it's fun, but it's very, very frustrating. Everybody knows. I hope we get some um, maps for Solo. Something new. Wow. Like, it's Solo season, so now that the movie's out, spoilers are over. Like, can we get some maps from the Corellia? Maybe Mim- yeah. uh, Mimbon, too. The yeah, that- place where he's fighting. Yep, that'd be sweet. Especially because that's like an OG Star Wars planet. Yeah, like, that, that goes a- way back. 
See, you must have uh, researched that because I noticed during the movie they weren't labeling anything, and I was so happy with that. So was that, I. I think that's one thing that bugged me about Rogue One. It's like you don't have to label every single location. Like let it us makes just it kinda... feel like a movie rather than like let's let's just experience this as we go through. I don't need to know every fucking thing. It's like. It, it's getting to the point where I wouldn't be surprised if they started labeling the species on the fucking characters as they talk. Like, they, I don't get you're taking your you're, it's, it's this isn't a fucking science project. Yeah. Let me fucking watch the movie and get pissed off about it because Star Wars is going to shit. They pause it like uh, Suicide Squad and like read the Wikipedia article about that race. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like yeah. Uh, I liked it in Rogue One because it reminded me of like when you watch like spy movies and it does like the little type thing, like telling you where they're like that yeah. whole um <laughs> But it, yeah, it definitely would not have worked for Solo. Uh, yeah, and with uh, now that we've gotten two um, side side films, side stories, they are very different. Mm-hmm. They are very different, and I I like both of them for what they are. Uh, we'll dive into Solo here. Um, are we? We're all done with the beers. Um, I told my ridiculous Kerner story. Um, Any <laughs> other ridiculous Kerner stories while we're talking? We can talk more about gaming because I was on a dry spell for a while. Yeah, BF1, we're back. I'm not back on that. I don't like it. It's because you played for five minutes and you like didn't it. like your sniper. You got to like use it. iron sights. I still don't like it's it. World, it's it's World War One, man. Got to use iron sights. PUBG from day one, even though it was fucking hard and frustrating and very, like, there's no instructions. You have to figure your own way. I knew right from the jump that I was going to love it. Battlefield 1 just isn't doing it. It's not I it's love, in the script. I, I love Battlefield 1. I don't play it enough because it is a difficult game. Um, and when I want to go play a war game that's realistic, I obviously default to Battlefield 4. Um, but I love the fact that Battlefield 1 is difficult because in World War One, war was difficult. The guns barely fucking shoot. Everything, you're driving a tank that is like three wheels. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And that's how the war was, though. So, like, I, I'm, I'm completely... Especially... Um, the maps. The maps are my favorite thing about Battlefield. Yeah, 1. you like uh, have to use the trenches. If you don't use yep. like the natural stuff in the trenches, you're screwed. Absolutely. And it's cool because they they, and that's a big difference between COD and Battlefield, where there will be buildings in 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 COD, but not all of them you can go into. Mm-hmm. They have rooms and toilets, and I mean, there's you could do whatever the fuck you want in Battlefield, and you can use it to your advantage, or you can get fucked by it. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you gotta we, be smart about it. We played some hectic maps, and I, I think maybe that's why Commander wasn't too happy. But the ones that we played were like madness maps, where like everyone's just flooding the center. There's like artillery trucks driving around. Jesus, that sounds like a war zone. Yeah, the bigger <laughs> the bigger open maps are a lot of fun for like playing scout. Oh, I, I hate the open maps because uh, I get fucked. I'm not a good sniper. So uh, um, I'm the one that rambles into a building, kills everything, and then comes out and blows himself <laughs> up accidentally throwing a grenade. I've been getting used to the sniper. Now, I will say I don't hate it the way I did when it first came out. I'm warming up to it a little bit, but it's just not like I don't have the desire to go back and play it right now. Like I'm not mm-hmm. waiting and itching to play it. If everyone's That'll- on, I'll join in. But like I can't wait to get back on PUBG. Yeah. Battlefield 1 is so great because it, it's an infantry war. It's 100% an infantry war. You can't win the game if you're going to do all vehicles. I, do, I truly right. believe that. Yeah. Um, so you have to go in, clear the buildings out, do it step by step. There's no shortcuts in Battlefield 1. That's you can't, today you can't was fun. fly over. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Like Tommy Boy was running around healing. Butterclone was doing his thing. Cody was scout. And I was just 
flying in a plane above trying to take out all the tanks and armored vehicles that were like trying to flood. Yeah. But you can see the progression of your battle, which is so cool, especially when you go into that the respawn map thing. You can see where everything is going on, dude. And when it zooms in when you spawn, yeah. dude, that's so that was badass. there's a lot of there's a lot of changes like that about the game that I do love, like how the squads are laid out, that whole menu thing when you're getting ready to spawn and change your equipment and all that. It's really fucking awesome. And I go back to it, the maps. The maps are fucking key. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. We should and it's, um, a, it's also it's cool because the maps how am I supposed to say this? The maps in like Battlefield 4 are like existing buildings and everything. You go into Battlefield 1 and half the city's already blown up. <laughs> and you're playing in a half-wrecked city. But that's what the fuck war is, especially in World War 1. So it's so realistic. I love it. 3 yeah. out of 4. Yeah, it's almost like a battlefield. Um we should yeah. say hey to our our buddies that are in the chat room right now. Pat Hastings actually who just jumped on our Patreon recently. Welcome. And, uh, Shinobi aka what's his name? Star Wars Loremaster. Loremaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, bad bo, solid three out of three bad, for username. Bad bo, <laughs> <laughs> solid. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, bad bo, in my bo. <laughs> uh, bad bo in particular says they're boycotting the new Battlefront games. Corporate shit. I mean, I didn't well, buy it I'm, either. That's true. But You're I just wait, played it for ten hours for free on EAX, or not free, but on EAX. Battlefield or Battlefront? Front. Sorry, Battlefront. Battlefront. Okay. Yeah, the Star Wars ones. I mean, I, I, put, I put 10 hours in and it just wasn't worth it. For it, me. Got, it got a lot better while I just got done bitching about it. Um, <laughs> it, it, is, it is a fun game. That's, and I'm done saying that. Um, now, we did have, obviously, the release of Battlefield 5 um, and, and, and that The premiere, of, not the release. Yeah, well, that's what I meant. Um, but now, that's coming out in what, October? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, excited. Um, now, now obviously, we're all like, Fuck! It's World War Two again. Like I'm you could have. I no. I, I think that's probably ninety nine percent of everybody's favorite war time. Um, World War Two is obviously glorified more than probably most other wars. Um, but man, wouldn't it been a fucking cool if it was like Korea or Vietnam or like a made up fiction war, like uh, like a alternative history fiction war, dude? It could have been alternate. Anything. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be fucking cool. I'm half um, hyped. I'm half hyped about I, World War II just because I didn't love BF1 as much as I thought I would. So I'm half hyped because that... I also... We did used to really love World at War. So yeah. I'm not like averse to the World War II era. Um, and from what they were talking about on the premiere and everything, there's a lot of changes coming to the game that are making it as squad-based as humanly possible. I which for love us, it. I mean, that's Four the reason... Squads. Yeah, that's the reason that we started loving Battlefield in the first place. So if they just yeah. keep doubling down on squads, it's going to be fucking sweet. It's going to come down to gameplay. I mean, anyone can go into any game and figure out like how to shoot with futuristic game guns like Halo and figure out how to shoot with like PUBG guns. But I mean, the, the weapons aren't going to be as old as the Battlefield one. Right. Which will be fun. So it'll be like a nice middle place where... You're not going to get overpowered by someone running around with the M4, and there's not going to be helicopters just hovering, killing like 10 people at a time, which turns me off of Battlefield 4. Like sometimes Ooh, it I'm turns just getting, me on. Some, just well, sometimes dominated sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just can't even fucking get out of your spawn zone without yeah. seeing the tank. So it should be it should be a fun infantry game like BF1, but I mean, it looks like the gameplay is going to be fun, and 
It looks like a lot of kinks are worked out. I hope they just have that free look like PUBG has where you can look around while you're running. That smallest thing, so Mopar, you don't know what we're talking about, but while you're running, if you hold the bumper and then start looking, your guy keeps running the same direction, but you can turn your camera basically yeah, 360. But not like, not like just straight behind you. Like some games do it where it's like with a driving one where you just look straight back, but you can yeah, like yeah. grab. It's, it's a really, that would help so much. Yeah, that small thing makes such a big difference. Pat over here, is pissed about World War II, by the way. <laughs> so. Welcome, Pat. Uh, had He's not having it. Um, no, yeah, excited, that, that's all I've been jumping on. I've been going back to Halo, unfortunately. Um, I have been kind of trudging through Republic Commando slowly and bitterly. Um, it's, it's a great game for the time, but it didn't hold up that well because it's very limited yeah. in what you could do. Um, but back in the day, like the fact that I can tell someone to go to a sniper point, you're like, what? Yeah, it like was like a, a Tom Clancy game in Star Wars back then. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now you literally, that's all you can do is kind of, hey, open that door. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, the Dark Souls remaster came out. So that is fully redone, not fully redone, but it's uh, enhanced, better graphics, better lighting. It's in 1080 and, it, and it's in 60 frames per second. Yeah. For the first one. Which okay. anybody that loves Dark Souls One knows that the frame rate was pretty shitty, which made it harder than it should have been. Even though it's already a hard game, but the remaster's out. It's fucking sweet. I've been blazing through that with uh, Tommy Boy. And <laughs> like clone, finally, finally got on the Dark Souls train. Super excited about that. What are you appearing? Uh, Can you guys your glass see for? this? Look at the sediment. That's not part of the glass. That's floaties. Looks like you poured salt in there. It is. I it's, uh, I forgot I did that. Damn it. <laughs> Um, Why right, would guys. you do such a thing? No more messing around. Enough of the gruff. Uh, we're going to get into Solo here. Oh, my God. Spoilers ahead. If oh you guys, uh, well, this is the like final last warning. Um, really should only warn you twice. and if Well, once. And if you fuck up, then that's your own fault. Yeah, don't come back. Um, so. Solo. Solo was fucking fun. Solo it was so a, fun. Awesome. It was so fun. And... Um, it's, it's cool that they can finally kind of let go and it doesn't have to be this serious thing with force powers and make, you don't have to make, I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. I, I was going to say, you don't have to make a serious movie, but it was a cool, serious, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. It was fun. It <laughs> My, was fun. It, yeah. The, the initial thing that I, that I wrote after we walked out of the theater, I said, it was fun, surprising, engaging, packed full of references and action. And it felt really good for me, at least, to come out of the movie and not have to think, oh, man, where's this going to rank? Oh, man, how did this compare to Force Awakens? Oh, man, yeah. what are they going to do next? Like, it was nice to just enjoy the movie, get the references, and come out mm -hmm. of it and not have to fucking theorize and analyze and compare it to everything else. And like, well, was there was it. a beginning was and an end. And a middle. <laughs> so you unlike can rank any, it. Unlike any other Star Wars movie. Yeah. <laughs> Because every, everything else has to lead into something. Rogue One, that leads right into four. Of course it fucking does. Ten seconds before. Yeah. Why am I watching this? Yeah. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that also. That's true. But uh, well, Solo, it, it, it stands alone so well. And a lot. it stands alone better than any other Star Wars movie. By far. Easily. Because obviously the only other standalone that you can look at is Rogue One. Um, but that fed right into the sagas, the episodes. What right. would you say? I'd episode four, episode, episode four stands alone. Episode one, four, and seven stand alone pretty well. Yeah, but episode one has such like an ending where it's like 
what's next. Like, I get what you're, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, I feel like Solo is interesting because it does stand alone so well, but it also does lean on a lot of like lore, but without making you feel like you need to know all of it. Like, I could see right. someone that's never seen a Star Wars movie going in, or even if, if that was just the only Star Wars movie, like, it would still make sense. Right. Like, and there's all the nothing, references were comics yeah. and books and stuff. Yeah. Right. But none of them were like over the, like hitting you on your head or like wink, wink. You need to know what this reference is. Everything like holding the plot together. Right. You could, were, you could understand it in a general sense and not mm -hmm. be a Star Wars fan because it had a beginning, middle of an end. It had protagonists. And it, I mean, it was very clear. You didn't and even it pretty need much, to know it. Yeah. It pretty much picked up on most of the main characters at the beginning of a journey. So like. We got enough about Beckett's backstory. Like, I don't really care too much about Beckett's backstory. Like, it'd be fun, like maybe a comic or something, but like, I don't, it's not crucial to the story. But like, we pick up Han when we need to. We pick up on Kara when we need to. We pick up on Chewie when we need to. So I think it does it, a good, it just starts that journey right there. It yeah. also doesn't go too in depth with all the characters. I don't need to know, just playing off what you just said, I don't need to know everything about everyone. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that they, how he met Chewie, and then they just moved on, and they, they, they're, they're, they don't have to, they don't have to describe where is he from, how old. I mean, he, I guess they did kind of in uh, conversation, like how old are you? But it was all in like a joking manner. I'm just happy with it, man. man I'm just really happy with it, um, especially with being kind of up and down, excited about the film uh, beforehand. I thought it was uh, great. Yeah, delivered. That's for sure. What do you think so, about, um, I mean, do you have a trajectory you want to peruse right well, now? I was going to, I was going to go through, I had a couple kind of okay. key points in this. Go for it. So one of the biggest, uh, changes and or spoiler ish stuff, um, is solo isn't his real last name. Yeah. Which that was is interesting. fucking perfect. I love <laughs> it. I fucking love it. And I'll tell you why. The dude is a piece of shit from a piece of shit planet who's got nobody. Why the fuck does he have a last name? He doesn't. He, we don't talk about his family. He mentioned his mom like in conversation with Lando, and that was it. And he said he didn't really get along with his dad, probably because he didn't fucking know him. Yeah. So when it made so much sense that when he went to go sign up, what's your name, Han? What's your last name? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> well, you don't have any family? No. Oh, so you're going solo, Han Solo. Oh, well, like... I always kind of thought perfect. Solo was a terrible last name anyway, so the fact that that's how he got it makes a lot more sense to me. It's kind of like I a like joking it. manner. It, yep. it gave me a little bit of that like Game of Thrones vibe where like if people are like from Dorne, their like bastard name is Sand or right. like if they're from the North, their bastard name is Snow. It was like kind of that like that person who doesn't deserve anything but is still like there. Yeah. And I've, I've seen a lot of people that weren't happy with that. I mean, I liked it. It's But the cool thing about it is if you do or don't like it, it doesn't change the plot or the guts of the story at all. Right. Which yeah. is so what, nice. Yeah. I think all I think what it does is it adds to the character of Han. It legitimizes him as because he always played the bad or the bad boy or whatever you want to say. Uh the the, the smuggler, the scoundrel. The scoundrel. But now it's just like it concretes him as that. Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't have any family, he doesn't have anybody to fall back on. It's just him and his goddamn Wookie. And mm -hmm. he seemed like he seemed indifferent about it when they when the whole thing happened. He was just like, uh, I don't got a last name. Like it was just it was no big deal to him. It wasn't like this overly dramatic thing. It's like developing him as this type of guy who 
is just has to deal with what's there right now. Yep, which and is it, what Han's always been. Exactly, and it like mm-hmm. it kind of touches in like how you could defend what happens to him in the sequel trilogy or like the decisions he makes between OT mm-hmm. and sequel. But he's just the type of dude who sees something in front of him, he has to solve that, and that's it. It's why he's ready to leave in a new hope to go yeah. settle the bounty on his head. It's, One thing it's, at a time. Yeah. True quarter miler. Yeah. He <laughs> runs in front of him, he figures it out. Favorite movie. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, if, um, if there's one thing that's been driving me nuts about all the, the Disney era annoyances is one little Easter egg or one little reason. Like, if, if you don't like how uh, Han got his last name, then the movie sucks because they ruin Han's backstory because some Imperial officer gave him the last name Solo. Yeah. That, that's the kind but, of stuff that's been really, really driving me nuts lately. But it's also playing off of... Because uh, Star Wars as a whole is a very family-oriented galaxy. Yeah. Like everybody's related, and that's the, been the big uh, uh, plot changes and everything. Twin sister, you have a fuck. Ah, you kissed her, you dumb bitch. And then you look at Han, and it's just like, no, there are characters in this story in this galaxy that are from nowhere. And I know we got a little touch of that with uh, Ray, um, but yeah, I'm just I'm excited that there. It's almost like the galaxy's becoming more well rounded. It's not yeah. all uh, glitter and and Jedi and Force <laughs> powers. I haven't seen and glitter, it, in but Star it's not Wars. all. It's also not all just war. Like True. he just comes from a terrible background. It's crime ridden, and he makes the best of it. And he has to look out for him, and that's it. Yeah, so yeah. I, I yeah it was it was fantastic that the the Empire played a role, but it wasn't about the Empire. It was mm-hmm. about Han, the people yeah, that he there. ended up with. Yeah. It was about the crime syndicate. It wasn't about rebels, empire, resistance, government, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, it, was it was refreshing. Go ahead. One thing I did like about the name, like from like a meta point, like looking at it from like outside, is that pretty much everything that he becomes is in a reaction to the empire. Like he's been defined by kind of like the role, like as once we get into the original trilogy his character changes because of the Empire. Like, yes, to help the Rebellion, but it's in the response to the Empire. Mm-hmm. But they're also, like, the birth of that name. So he always has kind of, like, this attachment, and he spent three years fighting for them. So it really shows that, like, now he he's kind of, like, um, he's had a choice. He could have stayed and fought, and he left. He could have joined the good fight, and he didn't. And he kept living that life for 10 years. And then when he gives the, gets the chance again, he comes back. So it's interesting to see that like the Empire really does have an effect on his life. Whereas mm-hmm. in the original trilogy, it felt sometimes like he had never even come across the Empire except for when he dropped his shipment. So right. it was like cool to like show that like the Empire does affect him. And in a way, kind of is affecting everyone at that time of like unrest and transition in the galaxy, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. I also liked... That it we we said it, but it doesn't focus on the empire, and that people can live their entire life in this in this galaxy, and truly not be affected by it. Like the rest of Corellia, even though they're it's a sh- shipyard, people can live generations and just be like, yeah, he, my dad built ships. But outside of that, they don't don't know what the fucking great struggle of the empire <laughs> and the Jedi and all this shit. There's the literally just people that are. I'm just fighting for you know the blue collar motherfuckers, you know. Well, that's the trick of, you know, the Empire is that some people that don't know the true story just think that this is the new version of the Republic. You know what I mean? Like some people in certain classes on some worlds didn't notice a change at all when Palpatine killed all the Jedi with Order 66 and 
and took over. Some people do, some people don't. So it's interesting to see their world kind of get shattered when they realize what's actually going on. Yeah. Very true. Um, now. Now. When. When. Han meets Chewie. Yes. That one was, uh, I kind of saw it coming. The, right when I saw there was like a pit, I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. not going to put a goddamn rancor down here. It's right. going to be a furry motherfucker. Right. And he's going to be hilarious. Um, <laughs> I, like, my very initial thought was like, why did they do that? While I liked it, I was like, I don't know. I, and it's, I, I, it sounds like I'm shitting on it, but just my like, absolute initial thought, I was like, what? Why? Not what I expected, for sure. But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very indifferent about that part. Yeah, I, it, I don't it. think it added a lot, but it, because I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, it. they had, they, yeah. Why do you love it, Jake? Ub? Because, uh, I mean, compared to what we see in like the prequels with the Wookiees, like you see them as kind of this, what we get like this view from George Lucas that like, oh, wait, they're actually this really advanced and like very, the kind of like a, they're like a respectable species and they have their whole thing figured out and they're willing to fight side by sides with the clones to like fight for the right thing. But then though, by the time that we know, like most of us know through lore that they're like enslaved and everything. So then we see kind of like how the empire has this disdain for other species. Like there is yeah. no aliens in the empire except for Thrawn. And that's not even on the big screen. So I thought it was cool to kind of see that they have like that brutality and that even though Han is a part of the Empire at that point, he sees it as an opportunity to like team up with someone and escape that same mentality of like, I have this situation now, I got to get out of it. Yeah. And he was, he, it shows his arrogance that he was kind of fearless. Like he wasn't even scared for a second because he's just dumb. <laughs> but I thought it was fun to like see, to finally see Chewie have an arc that like he had to remember that he wasn't an animal because yeah. they were treating him like an animal and he'd been eating people accordingly. So I thought it was cool to see him get that little mini arc of like Jesus creating that way bond. to paint a picture. I can't imagine Chewbacca <sighs> eating somebody. I mean, he had to. He was eating humans, probably babies too. <laughs> <laughs> And he got he gets upset by eating a porg, dude. You ate a fucking thirty five year old general t two hours ago. What are you worried about a goddamn porg with big eyes looking at you? Um, no, I uh, completely agree. I think it's awesome that they uh, it does add to Chewie's story, and it's cool that it's like middle of his life. Mm -hmm. like, think of all the hundred years before that when he was all fucking sing songs and and life day um, on Kashyyyk, and then everything goes to hell, and now he's in a mud pit. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting. Yeah, I think it just adds to Chewie and it's badass. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the uh, you see a lot of loyalty because Chewie was oh, pretty much the most loyal character in all of Star Wars outside of K2 who died for due to loyalty. Um, and even outside of that, like even in the uh, Legends books, Chewie dies saving Han's kid. Like that, how mm -hmm. loyal can you get? Um, so I think it's cool to see him in a very bad situation and then him and Han work work themselves out of it. I love it. I think visually um, it was a fun flip too to uh in um Empire when you see um when they're on Bespin. No, it is that in return? Okay, in return in the beginning when Han gets taken out of Carbonite and he's in the holding cell mm -hmm. and they throw Chewie in there after Jabba takes Chewie. Oh. And Han's like still blind and he's like, Chewie, is that you? And 
Chewie's just like holding on to him and like won't <laughs> let go. It's kind of fun to see that, like in in that we see that they already have that loyalty and like that going back and watching that after the Force Awakens was like crazy because I never picked up on that before. But Chewie is like beyond ecstatic to see Han still alive and like runs up and like like that's not a life debt. That's yeah, that's like for real. Yeah, it's like sure. a puppy. Yeah, Han is Chewie's come, puppy. He, yeah, puppy. he came home late one night and he was like, I never think you're coming back. Fuck, I had to eat my own shit. Come over here. A puppy that has been slaughtering and eating humans. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, now, I will say, that, not that I'm mad at it, but it was kind of cringy when Han started speaking Wookiee. Yes. I was mm-hmm. like, I mean, not that it doesn't make sense because I'm okay with it. But he's never done that. It, we, no. We've been through a full fucking saga, and all, they speak English and, and Wookiee back to each other. Yeah. Why did you have to do that? And maybe it was just to win him over. Yeah, and it was I, to show him that like he didn't think he was just some animal. Like, ah, he had, fuck your logic. It was cringeworthy, <laughs> I liked and it. Uh, I don't think I it like really it added anything. The um, reason, I think they... Go ahead. I would say the reason I don't like it is because I think when I looked this up originally back when I was a kid... Is that Han can understand Chewie, but there's no way that anybody besides an actual Wookiee can reproduce those sounds. So that's, that's what, what I always yeah. thought too. Is like maybe he understands it, but there's no way he could speak it because his body can't make that those fucking sounds. So when he started doing that in the pit, I was just like, oh, Well, to be fair, okay. Darth Revan does it with Zalbar. Yeah. And if Obi Wan yeah, can do like, the anything. crate thing. Yeah, you don't actually hear Revan do it, but you you, you just, do because yeah. uh, Zalbar actually says, "You know the the language of, the, of my species or whatever." Yeah, I just took uh, that as Zalbar said something and Revan responded to it, and then Zalbar's like, "Oh shit, you know what I'm talking about?" Because I know, like with Athorians, like no one can do that except Athorians because they have like two throats or whatever. But four, I don't know about four throats. <laughs> four? <laughs> yeah, they do. Jesus. Yeah, one of my favorite parts in I The thought, Clone Wars. I, maybe, maybe, I don't know. The first time around, it made me laugh. I thought it was just, it was one of those just like silly, goofy things that I was totally into the movie by that moment. So yes. I was just laughing. Yeah, even and, Patrick and it, here in the chat says, your, your logic <laughs> is sound, but I agree with Mopar. Fuck that shit. Cringeworthy. I hate it. <laughs> get it out of there. I'm cool with one. I'm cool with one. If we can get only one cringe moment, I'm I'm fine if that's the one. No, very true. Outside <sighs> of the fucking bedazzled worm that runs Corellia. <laughs> ah, I knew there was going to be an awkward space <laughs> tentacle worm something. And, and again, there were two of them. Not the fact two. that it doesn't make sense, but what the fuck? Yeah. And it can't it can't see light. Oh my god, what kind of tremors weird it's, uh, dark shit? <laughs> it is like tremors. It's one of the characters from the Hollow Chess game. Oh, for real? Is it really? Yeah, the, they're all based on uh real species. The rook. Oh, that makes sense. To Jarek. <laughs> Speaking of, I saw somebody with a, with a Star Wars t shirt and it was like a Chewbacca um galaxy wide Dejeric champion t- like fucking t shirt. It was fucking sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he same, makes the same mistake twice. <laughs> Here, oh, by the way, uh, if you guys haven't noticed or aren't watching this uh, on YouTube, Mopar's wearing his Rogue Squadron podcast shirt. Um, I will say, uh, T Public it was having a sale. Yeah, I bought it when it was like twenty five percent off. This week, I think for Memorial Day weekend, uh, so it'd be too late by the time you guys listen to this. But it was up to thirty percent off. Unless you're listening um, right now. Unless you're listening live, Patrick Hastings. Hey, <laughs> what? 
Mopar, two throats, very drunk. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and if I will, I will, I will let you guys know, not all of the uh, shirts are the same. Please get the tri-blend. Yeah, get, get the, the nice pay ones. the extra money for the tri blend. There's even a premium one, which I'm pretty sure isn't soft. It's just like a nice thick shit. Um, <laughs> I would read, highly recommend doing the tri blend. It, they all do run slightly small, um, but if you get the tri blend, they, they stretch out easily a little bit. Um, yeah, that's and they, why they I'm feel not warm. wearing mine because I got it. It was a little too tight, so I washed it, hung it up, let it air dry, cold and everything. So. Um, so if you guys uh, are interested or have been waiting for a discount, uh, this weekend might be the weekend or just constantly go over maybe once a week because it goes in and out uh, of the discounts. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, to get back onto Solo. So we've got Han with his fake ass last name. Um, we've got him trying to bang Khaleesi like the rest of everybody. Not trying to. <laughs> Describe. Was there a scene I missed? Not well, of course, we didn't see it on screen, but I'm pretty sure they were romantically involved. Banging in the cape. Actually, no, I'm pretty sure. I'm 100%. The cape room. Yeah. Guaranteed. The fact that there's a cape room on so the Falcon is fucking hilarious. Sweet. Oh, my God. It was awesome. Um, so, were you about to get the Lando? Yeah, let's get the Lando. Lando uh, system. I was happy with him, but I wasn't overly happy with... Because I expected, I thought he played Lando well. I thought he sounded like Lando, but I really don't think it added anything to Lando. I don't care any more or any less about Lando. Um, okay, he, but he, it was, what am I trying to say? It was almost similar to Han Solo where he is kind of just a bullshitter. And, you know, he talks about all the stories you know or you've heard are true and then his shit's impounded, and he's he's a he's a piece of shit too, just like everybody else. Um, what are you guys, what are you guys' thoughts on Lando? <laughs> Stop laughing about Lando. Sorry, man. First it's time, just, uh, I think you hear his voice before you actually see him on screen. And it, as it was going into that Sabat game, and I heard him talking, I was like, "Dude, that is like, that sounds like Billy D. Williams. Like that sounds like Lando from 1980." Right there. I like I like how he floated kind of in and out of like that Billy D character. It was yeah. kind of like I I saw it as he's got these like dreams of who he wants to be and he's not quite there yet. And like by the time we see him in Empire, he's like that character. Right. He's yeah. like he's like the 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 guy he wants to be then, so he has the whole like the whole play that he does about being like the suave guy, but he still is kind of like struggling a little bit in uh like when we meet him. He seems kind of like bored. I feel like when we meet him, he's just hanging out, playing cards. Yeah. Ships ships locked up. Uh, I thought Donald Glover was cool with it. Um, I, I don't know. It, it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't anything over the top for me. Yeah, I agree. I was expecting, I think a lot of people talked about and I was expecting from the hype that it was going to be like a mind-blowing experience seeing a young Lando just because of how perfect he was for the role. Um, mm -hmm. It was great, fit the part. I didn't think it was anything over the top. It just, it sat in right where it should. I love that Lando and Han are never really friends. And when you see them in Empire, you get that vibe a little bit. And then people are wondering why Lando betrayed Han in the first place. It's like, well, they're not friends. He's just doing what is most opportunistic at that time. So his entire arc throughout this whole movie landed to that 100%, which I thought was mm -hmm. fucking sweet. And him cheating at the Sabat game was 
was a great addition. I uh, it's totally <clears throat> rando. I, f- I feel like the fact the reason they weren't friends is because they are each other. Yeah, they're trying to make what's best in front of them. Yeah. you know what quarter mile it. Um, and that's why when you bump into someone exactly like you, it's it's it almost doesn't work a lot of times. You know, you're you're trying to do the same thing. And you're like, hey, fuck you! I'm trying to do that better than you, and whatever. <laughs> you know, um, I want your shit. But yeah, it, it was just it was two scoundrels hit, it, hit knocking heads, and they're trying to do the same thing. Um, well, over the long run, uh, which is basically bank Khaleesi. Um <laughs> and fly the falcon around. <laughs> I feel like they've got like a couple opposite characteristics too, which like say a lot about them. Like Lando wants to be this big shot, wants to like, I mean, he ends up running Cloud City and like doing that whole thing. And but he's also a cheater. Like we know that he cheats. Whereas like Han may do some sketch things, but he almost always ends up accountable for the stuff he does. Like he'll swindle, but I don't think he would like cheat at a card game or do anything like that. So I think they kind of play like both sides of that. Like, um, that kind of like outcast wanting to be a smuggler. First off, Han would totally cheat in a card game. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Han, um, would, Han would go all in, lose, and then shoot first. Well, yeah, probably. I mean, in the Blu-ray version, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, what about I, like pretty much the rest of the supporting? Ca- what about Khaleesi, Kira? I thought she was cool um uh, some parts of it were like a little awkward <laughs> it doesn't sound cool <laughs> i thought i thought her character like i liked her character more towards the end of the movie um up front she just felt like a plot device and um you didn't really know why she had no reason for doing anything in the beginning except for following han so like her character wasn't that strong but then once you kind of start to see her calling shots and like doing things then i started to get behind her yeah, I initially, as she came on, I thought it was just like Han's love interest and Han's reason for getting back to Corellia, that she wasn't going to play a bigger role. So the way that she developed over the course of the movie really, really was, surprised me. She's fucking savage. Yeah, um, I, I do like her ascension to power. Mm-hmm. How they both they both started obviously pretty much the same person, same place, same situation, and they went very different paths. Obviously, mm-hmm. they had to because she didn't get through the fucking gate or whatever. But uh, clearly, she made it work um, and now she's in power. Um, but it was it's cool to see the different uh, goals because he was obviously just trying to get back to her while she was trying to better herself. And then she started you see that and I think it was a learning curve for Han because he's trying yeah. to get back to save her. I think the fact that she ends up kind of leaving without him and says, I don't fucking need you. I did all this by myself. almost hardens Han, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I feel like. And it makes a lot more sense of why he is the way he is in 4, 5, and 6. Because um, he's been screwed over by basically his mentor. Uh, his his love interest said, fuck you, I don't need you. Um yeah, so I, I'm 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 happy with her. I wasn't. It took it took the whole entire movie for me to be happy. I with agree. Her. Yeah, I was like uh, always. I felt found myself always waiting for the big shift into what Kira's char- character actually is because I feel like she's she's got a few veils on. Like she's playing different parts as the movie goes on, and then by yeah. the time they finally get those cartridges or whatever from the the Cloud Riders, then we see like who Kira actually is. Yeah, double crossing somebody by fake double crossing somebody else to end up 
taking control of Crimson Dawn or whatever that little section of Crimson Dawn. Crimson. And Dawn. I will I will say with with how much Han and her uh, were making out, I assume they were related. <laughs> you would based on a Star Wars uh, movie. <laughs> based on that. a Star Wars story. <laughs> yes. Which means See, I, thought I had some people were like, I mean, one of the risks about making the movie was that you can't have him like you talked about it a lot. Like you can't have him be too good of a guy because he still has to make that arc later on. And I've seen people complaining about that he helped Infus Nest instead of just like surviving and running. But he wasn't doing it. I I don't think he was doing it to help Infus Nest. The way the plot was set up, it seemed like he was doing it so he could finally leave with Kira. Like that yeah. was the whole reason he was like, because he thought Kira was going to leave with him if they did this. Right. So they were just going to like double cross and dip. I, I disagree. I disagree. Go I ahead. disagree, though, because when it, I think that's why Kira left. He's too much of a good person at the core. She's doing whatever the fuck it takes and is doing very, very bad things, killing everybody to get where she needs to be. So I feel like that was kind of the split where while Han does very bad things, very questionable things and may screw a couple people over, he is still good at heart and will help. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, he's not wholeheartedly into it yet. He is helping uh, spark the fucking fire flame rebellion shit of course. with some fuel. Of course. But, uh, um, yeah, so he's still going to fuck around and do his own bullshit for the next 15, 10, 15 years. I mean, I think I guess I, he, I thought he did it for Akira because after they leave the, the yacht and him and Beckett have like that showdown, Beckett like warns him and he's like, don't like, don't do this for her. So, like, even after that whole thing went down and they had already double-crossed Dryden, like, they knew... It, it seemed like Beckett knew, like, he was doing it just so him and Kira could finally leave. That is That was his goal the whole movie. Yep. Was to, like, get through this, and then me and Kira can leave. Me and Kira can leave, like, the whole time. And then in the end, he was stuck with, okay, I guess I helped these people out. And they offered for him to join, which I liked, and that, like, hesitant no. Mm-hmm. I like... I don't know. I like it because, for me, it makes it more believable now that he would come back at the end of A New Hope. Yes. Like, if you really... Yeah. I was going to say, I think what they really added about Han is that he thinks that he he can't be a good person in order to get ahead. Like, that's Mm -hmm. the way he's been raised on Corellia and in that gang and everything. Like, he thinks if he wants to be successful, he has to be a scoundrel and Mm double-crossing people and joining up with these thieves and everything. Because everybody says, and he ends up doing the right thing at the end of the day at at a few points throughout the movie... And even Kira says, like, I might be the only person who actually knows you or mm-hmm. knows who you truly are. Like, he thinks he has to be a badass scoundrel thief, but at the end of the day, he's always going to do the right thing. I think you hit the nail on the head. You you can't you can't Boom. be a good person and get ahead. And that's what he knew. But at the same time, and that's what he's going to live by all the way up through episode four. Depends on your but, definition but of I, getting ahead But I feel ahead like also. by helping out that group for the first time... The good guys win, and he saw it work out that way. That True. people but can't make a difference. He lost. Well, everybody loses. Everybody fucking dies in the goddamn movie. Yeah. Um. But I I think yeah, it's it's a good point. And I I never really thought about it that way. Uh, that that might be the first time he saw the good guys win, ish, or at least get what they want, um, for a greater good. Mm-hmm. That he actually made a difference. He's never made a difference outside of himself. Yeah. Maybe yeah. chewy, but I mean, right. But again, that was circumstantial. Like he didn't do that on purpose, but then he ended up 
I don't know. It's like he, yeah, but he, he ended up helping them. And yeah, he like saw he that ends up, He ends up doing the right thing accidentally a lot of the mm-hmm. time, which is interesting. No, but yeah, yeah, very true. Like he's this good person at the core, but he's trying to put this persona on of a badass and don't give a fuck. Right. But he can't. But f- he can't live up to that all the time because he knows he's a good person. Well, I don't think he feels like he can make a difference outside of himself. True. Yeah. Which is until Leia tells him he can. Right. Yeah. Until and this might been might have been the spark or the seed that was planted where please don't say even spark. though even though even though it was an accident the spark please please <laughs> please don't say guys it. the movie not was anymore. really fucking no. the, not anymore <laughs> commander is I no longer with I us I can't hear that word anymore um no it was great what what I'm first of all I am so happy we didn't see Jabba the Hutt on screen I agree. <laughs> I'm glad he was referenced I, I wish exactly. he would have exactly. Yeah, I actually even like that he didn't say Jabba. I just thought it was cool that he was right. I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm pretty sure they said Gardula the Hut though. They did not. Yes, they did. Ah, I didn't hear that. It might have. When when they're on Karelia and she says like, "What if we get caught?" I'm pretty sure she says we could get sold as slaves to Gardula the Hut. I heard Hut something. I didn't think was Gardula the Hut. And now while we're on this topic, let's talk about all the references. Yeah. Well, I mean, Gardula the Hut was the one that originally owned. Anakin and Shmi, so I thought that was right. a nice dude. There were so many prequel references. Dude. I was so happy. Aura Singh, that was fucking dude. Yes. There's so many. I completely dude. forgot about that. Yeah, uh, Warwick Davis's character, the little, the one that's in Infus Nest Group, is the same one that was at the pod races in Episode One. Yep. Two tubes, isn't it? Two tubes. Two, yeah. They mentioned Glian Selm. They mentioned uh, Terrace Kasi. An orange Rodian. An orange Rodian. Yeah, yeah. Wait, there was an orange Rodian? Yeah. yeah, one of the Cloud Riders. Holy shit. There was a lot. There was a lot of uh, EU references, too, to like the Han Solo and Lando adventures from like the old EU stuff. Yep. Um, there was... Cool the fact they brought up Aura Singh. Yeah, she's, not, so cool. she's literally not even a thing in any other movies. You see her on screen, they don't say anything about her. Prequel cool memes so is going to... Prequel memes is going to go off for the next like month. <laughs> There's going to be so many things on there. Maybe. I feel like that's also the group of people that hate the Disney era movies. Yeah. They introduced uh, Near Human finally for like the for real. In the novels, they always talk about like species that are near human. So they're like human. They're not 100% human. So like Dryden Voss's character is near human. So it's oh. like a mix between species, which Weird. in the books is talked about a lot. Hmm. Um, I thought those were stretch marks from a very happy time in his life. <laughs> Dude, they turn ah. red as he gets mad. That's Dude, so crazy. Dude, that is so cool. See, I didn't notice that. I heard people talking about that. I was like, man, I fucking missed that. Yeah, and that's all, it Kira. almost like showed his emotion. Just the same way humans do. Your face gets red when you get fucking pissed. Dude, his um, collection in the background was so cool. Yeah. Um, they mentioned... Fuck else did they mention? Oh, the VCX-100. Hans says... Mm-hmm. That's what ghost. he bluffs that that's the ship that he has, which is the ghost. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which also, fits for the timeline. L3 gets installed into the Falcon. Yep. I feel like there's a lot more that I'm missing. I need to see this movie like 14 more times. What did you guys think about L3? I liked She's what cool. she was. She she reminds me of uh, Lebo. Did you ever play um, Shadows of the Empire? No, no, uh, but Lebo I think is I in did a little bit, but not Jedi Knight enough. too. Maybe, uh, yeah, he used to just stick with the Ebon Hawk, so like, or not the Ebon Hawk, whatever the other one is, Outrider. Yeah, yeah, wherever that would go. Um, I liked how she was like a 
mixture of a bunch of different droids. Like yeah, she was she, like a prostitute droid. She was also like a handmaiden. I think she had um, an astromech in her. She there was just a bunch of shit going on. She was cool. I yeah. thought she was funny. Yeah, her little uh, droid rebellion was fucking hilarious. The gonk droid stomping on the yeah. computers was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, just her whole attitude, I, I really did enjoy. Um, I like the yeah. character, so like I don't love that she got killed off within the movie. But I thought it was great that she could be there for that little part of comic relief and then get out of the way for like the bigger well, story. It's... it's- what I really liked about this movie is pretty much everybody lost someone. Mm-hmm. True. Lando loses... Uh, what's her name? L3? L3, yeah. I, I keep wanting to say M3 for whatever reason. Um, obviously, everybody dies. I fucking... I love it. it. It makes the stakes much higher. It makes it a much more gritty time period and or maybe on a, on a grand scale. Maybe the galaxy is just a rough fucking place <laughs> yeah. to live. Yeah, I was um, surprised that most of Beckett's crew went out in that first mission. Oh, like, I was yeah, expecting absolutely. a lot of them to go throughout the entire movie and die at the end, but absolutely, like, especially his girlfriend got or maybe wife. I don't even know. Or got the taken pilot, out, like, the right forearm pilot was the best part of the fucking movie. Yeah, he, he was, was fucking sweet. John Favreau's character was so uh, that dude was so oh, funny. Did he voice that? Yeah. Oh shit, that's awesome. I I thought that was cool to like that really sent a lesson to Han. I think like his first real job, half the crew dies. Yeah, instantly. Just like this shit is not going to work out, bud. You're going to live well, a lonely and it, life. And it, it, it's it's not all fun and games. Mm-hmm. Like right. uh, it's all oh we're going to go on a job and steal some shit. Uh, clearly everything's not going to work out. Um. Uh, because it's. I'm glad they did that because even in episode seven, when they're talking about the Wrath Tars and Finn asks like, "How did you get so many Wrath Tars on here?" We used to have a larger crew. And it almost like he does it like in a happy, like, ha, that's hilarious. But fuck you, Han. You, you're, everybody's fucking dying and you're laughing this shit off. Everybody what, if, what if Chewie got eaten by goddamn Rathtar? It wouldn't be fucking funny then. I hate Han Solo. Why did they make a fucking movie? Ruin my childhood. Kathleen Kennedy, goddammit. <laughs> How can you do decisions. this to me? How can oh, you ruin man. everything? Um, so moving forward. Obviously, the biggest like <gasps> moment was the Darth Maul. Goddamn, what the fuck? This is no joke. I'm Ow. not only like nobody expected that clearly, right? But even if someone said, "Hey, Solo's gonna have a character in it," name uh, name someone you that would never be in it. I wouldn't even name Maul. I'd be like, I don't know, Sidious, Vader. I don't know what the fuck. Like, uh, maybe we'll see one of the rebel characters in it. Like, that would have been, like, cool and, like, holy shit. Darth Maul's not even on the fucking option list. <laughs> and he shows the fuck up and he's, like, ordering shit around. Now, I am kind of confused. Is is Kira battle-hardened because she's been training with the motherfucker? That no, was my kind of my question. She said Dryden taught her. Yeah, yeah, but clearly I mean, she's, she's kinda, answering to someone else. She's kind of got to know what she's doing in order to survive. Yeah. Also, well, that's also, what I was your, wondering how, point, how she got off Corellia. To your point really quick, the funny fucking thing about that is that before we went into the movie, Ren was talking shit. I was like, yeah, Darth Maul's in this one. Great. He makes an appearance and we're all just laughing at him like, you're an idiot. <laughs> that's never going to happen. There's no force and no lightsabers in this entire thing. And then he came on screen and we jumped out of our seats and we're shouting. Motherfucker, dude. I did not expect that. That was so crazy. 
So this it was spoiled to Dude. you, and you still didn't realize it. Well, I don't um, even know if he knew. I think he was just talking oh, shit. Yeah, and I was just like, what? No way. That would never happen. Absolutely. <gasps> so I what, 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 go ahead. I thought it was cool, too, because, like, I mean, I watch, I watch Clone Wars and Rebels and all that stuff, and I keep up with it, and I've been really happy with what malls become over time. Like, it took a while. The beginning was kind of eh in Clone Wars. But I thought, like, as soon as he started running the Shadow Collective in Clone Wars, I thought that was awesome. Um, just the fact that he's just been surviving off of hatred for yeah, it's sweet for thir- for twenty for like twenty years, twenty two years. He's just been living off of hatred. But yeah. like naturally, you got to think the just the fact that he's not a Vader. He was pushed aside because he's not Vader. Anywhere, I mean, being number three strongest fucking person in the galaxy can get you pretty fucking far. Yeah. So I love the fact that he is able to do all this shit because he's so pissed. And I think he started, and obviously I, I haven't seen all of Rebels, but you see him become himself and understand what he can do outside of being number two to Sidious. And then and I love that he because ruins being it number all. three in the goddamn galaxy is going to get you really fucking far. True. Yeah. Yeah, pretty and then much he anywhere but numbered one and two. You can do whatever I, the fuck you want. I thought it was awesome too, knowing that they put him in a movie where he he dies like eight years later. Like we know he dies, so it's kind of cool to see like a character that if you, for me, it was it was rewarding like knowing that I watch all that stuff and like to see that for me, I was like right away, I was like, oh my god, this makes so much sense. Like yeah. this is what he would be doing right now. Like between yep. Clone Wars and Rebels, this is what he was doing. Yep, and but it made just, so much sense. Just think. As a movie perspective, people that only watch the movies, I would be fucking livid if I was only a movie watcher. Because you watch him get fucking cut in half and die in episode one. <laughs> and then fucking 30 years later, he's over here running <laughs> shit. That's their You're super like, sneaky way to get you to go back and watch the cartoons and read the comics and everything. I mean, fair enough. Me. Yeah. yeah. No, and I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's right. Right. But I, if if there were, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that only watch the movies and are obviously f- familiar with him, but not familiar with his whole backstory mm-hmm. where he goddamn cut, cut in half and lives another 30 years. So um, I can see where there's a lot of concern with that. But that also, was risky. That was so yeah. risky. I think so, too. Uh, they were John Kasdan was talking about it because it was his idea and uh, to put it in the script. And he said that. Um, I don't know, it was on StarWars.com or something, but he was talking about just that idea that there's always something bigger behind like behind the next door. Mm-hmm. And they knew that Dryden couldn't be like the full big bad guy of this movie. Right. And they wanted this kind they wanted to make that underworld feel more like like how Maul ran the Shadow Collective in Clone Wars. Like he's the one that brought the Pike Syndicates in. Like they wanted it to have this like bigger feel of like this isn't just the story of 10 people. Like, this is affecting a lot of the underworld. And he said the only character that he could think of is Maul. He was like, it just, it fit so perfect that for us to see an evil character who's dark side, but isn't a Sith, technically has a vendetta against everyone, wants to kill all the Jedi, (laughs) wants to kill all the Sith, wants to just ruin everything. Yeah. It just, it makes so much sense that he would be doing something so dark and twisted. I would have been okay if it was like Boba Fett. I was hoping for a small cameo of Boba Fett. I would have been okay if Boba Fett was running the shit by then, because even in the Clone Wars, when he's 10 years old, he's running the goddamn Aura Singh fucking uh, everything. He's running everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been So cool. tw- 15 years later, that would have been sweet if he was like actually running shit. Um, I, li- I like what you said, though, Jake, is like, 
it's a movie about those 8, 10, 12 people, but everything that happens affects on such a larger scale. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've been waiting for. And we were talking last week, like we said, as we were saying, I don't know if it was about Solo specifically, or maybe we were talking about our hopes for um, the um, the John Favreau TV series. But it's like, I want something that is that seems like it's on a smaller scale about a specific group of people and isn't about the Empire or the Rebellion, but in the background, there is some Empire and Rebellion shit right. happening. And it felt like we got a lot of that from Solo, and you don't even realize it till the end, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Like it, it sucks you right yeah. into that exact action, and then by the end of the movie, you think back, you're like, oh, like there's Enfys Nest, the Rebellion is, is starting to grow, Darth Maul's there, like, man. Like I told you, it. as soon as as soon as I saw it, I texted you, and I was like, this movie feels like everything that has happened happened and everything that will happen makes sense it will happen like all the prequels all the books all the cartoons like all the new canon books like everything it just felt like it fit so Mm -hmm. perfectly and it knew what it was and it didn't try to reach too far and like even the stuff that's not technically canon like the Plagueis book if Maul is really running the underworld like that like Sidious would be proud because that's everything that like Plagueis is teaching Palpatine in this in that book is like live in the shadows, pull the strings from behind, rule with fear, yeah. scare the shit out of everyone, but also <laughs> like know when to show yourself and when not to. And like I I don't think I could have seen Maul on the big screen and been like more happy about how well it was executed and how unconsequential it was to the film. Agreed. It doesn't it doesn't affect anything that happened before it. Right. Right. It didn't hinge on it at all. Mm-hmm. It also opens up the possibility. I think this is my favorite part is the fact they pulled it off. It was a risky, but it worked. It opens up the possibility of <laughs> all of the, what are you laughing at? All of the EU comics, books, and cartoons making their way into the films. Which Working is, everything back in. Yeah. Yes. Which is something that has happened reference-wise, but hasn't happened with like an actual character. Like Hera mm-hmm. didn't pop up on screen yet. But now that Maul did, there's potential for some of that stuff happening. Right. Someone on, I think, Reddit was talking about, like, what if we see something kind of happen with the next, like, standalone films that come out where they kind of form this loose, like, not counting Rogue One, but the next two, if they start to form this kind of, like, loose trilogy of in between episode three and four. Yeah. Or, like, even this loose saga where, like, um, you have all of these things going on. Because then if we do, say we do a Boba Fett movie or say we do, like, an Obi-Wan movie. Right. They're all taking place within a relatively close time. And everything could be kind of affected by what's going on with like Crimson Dawn yeah. and with like all this stuff. So if there is a Boba Fett movie and an Obi-Wan movie coming, we could get some cool, inclusive stuff switching back and forth between those films without them needing each other too much. Where like if Boba Fett comes in and has something that connects to Crimson Dawn and then, I mean, one of my favorite Obi-Wan things in the Clone Wars was when he went undercover as a bounty hunter like that was fucking crazy so like if we got this loose little like crimson dawn trilogy out of some like anthology films that would be cool yeah we're in uh, marvel territory where these next batch of movies could easily intertwine and -hmm. not rely on each other but definitely reference each other um and yeah since the next ones that we know about so far are fett and kenobi i've heard a lot of people talking about the possibility of I don't want to call it like the solo trilogy, but a trilogy of movies happening leading up to episode four and Rogue One that includes all of this stuff. Just like you mentioned, I think that'd be sweet. I I, I don't have any problem with that. 
Yeah. I mean, there's room for Thrawn too if they finally yeah. want to give an alien up front. That'd yeah. be cool. Yep. The best thing, I think, I know I speak for all of us. <laughs> the best thing about Solo Guaranteed. is the fact that at the same time of it can live by itself and it's great by itself, it's also intertwined with the galaxy every turn, every scene, every mention, every cameo. It's so ingrained in it, but at the same time, it stands alone so well. Mm -hmm. And there's a fine line, and I've never seen a Star Wars movie do that, because usually they, 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 especially like the plot-wise, they latch on to the galaxy and what's existed and characters that have existed. They finally were just like, no, the plot line's way the fuck over here, and it, the plot line is going to be the movie itself. But we're going to float around here in a galaxy. Float around like the Millennium Falcon. Also, holy shit, 12 parsecs. I was on the fucking edge of my seat. That oh, was yeah, so we cool. haven't talked about the Falcon yet. Holy <laughs> shit. Okay, okay I, was, I was kind of... Uh, so the 12 parsecs thing and the crazy fucking tentacle, like tentacruel that was in fucking space yeah. was so outrageous. But at the same time, I'm so okay with it because it exists in a part of space that no one's even supposed to be in. Yeah, and the like fact no that they one end has up ever there, seen that before. Yeah. Like if, if it was just a floating octopus and like outside of Tatooine, I would have fucking freaked out and I would have just walked out. I'm not joking, but the fact that it exists in a part of space that like no one really knows about, I'm completely okay with it. I'm I'm not okay with it, but it didn't ruin Wait. the movie for me or anything, and it didn't even ruin. Wait, you're really run. pissed at that part? I'm not pissed at it. I just don't like it. It's a giant fucking space kraken. It's true, but I mean, we saw the fucking space kraken in a trailer. You didn't expect it. I just didn't. I don't, I don't know. At least the Kraken didn't speak Wookiee like every fucking else. That's person true. Like it didn't talk, <laughs> or it didn't have like force <laughs> sensibilities or some shit. Oh, solo! Like, yeah, that that could have ruined it for me. No, I didn't hate no. it. Um, I didn't love it. It was just part of that sequence, and I. Could, I was. No, I uh, go ahead. Finish your thought. I have no Falcon's thoughts. cool. I, even, I can't even think about it. I thought the space Kraken was could have been the most cringeworthy thing in Star Wars of all time. But, like I said, and I'm going to repeat it, the fact that it lives in a part of space that no one's supposed to be able to go to, I'm so okay with it. It's First Abeloth. of all, what, what the fuck does it eat? It's Abeloth. How did it get that big? Stars. It ate, it ate eight stars. That's what I said. Wait, <laughs> do you guys, did you guys ever read, uh, like, Fate of the Jedi? Uh, no. Oh. Uh. Never mind. <laughs> it, oh. It's possible that that has something to do with Abeloth, which used to be the mother. So there's like the father, the son, and the daughter, and then there's Wait the mother. Wait a second. What? Are yeah. We... So the maw, you know the maw, like that area that they're no. in. You know, he's like, oh shit, we're getting close Outside to the maw. Of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the maw is where the father, the son, and the daughter are originally from before they went to Mortis. Wait, and you're talking about the Force people, right? Yeah, the yeah from the Clone so it's Wars. Like, they're called like the ones. Yeah. Well, they're originally from the from the EU. Like Jason Solo has to fight them, and um, we're talking about the same thing, right? Where Anakin, yeah. Obi Wan, and Ahsoka get yeah. Crash that's land all. On the, okay. That's all from like the old books. Shinobi's uh, about to chime in right now. Grandmaster Luke had to like fight them. Um, there's a couple like stations that were built in the Maw in the EU, 
And uh, so there's like the mother. And the mother was like became Abeloth. It's like this whole weird thing. But like one of the forms of Abeloth had like eight arms and it like lived inside the maw. But it's like changed forms over time. It's all like weird Fate of the Jedi, old EU stuff. See, uh, my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with it. While I'm not happy with it, I'm okay with it. Um, It is just. For for how down to earth Solo has been or was throughout the entire movie, it was very character developing, very struggle struggle within for each character. Struggle we are within. still struggle within. <laughs> worst worst song on the fucking that album, um, but still pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> fairly fairly <laughs> decent. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm okay with it. I like I said, it could have been worse. It. The fact that uh, there's a fucking star-eating octopus, and of course Han Solo gets away from it, uh, is ridiculous. But let's fucking do it. Let's fucking make do sure it. you don't look up the old drawing or the old like. Uh, I'm looking at it right w- now. Do it of Abeloth. Yep. Oh yeah, it's embarrassing. Yep, it looks but, like uh, a, a 1950s <laughs> yeah, like Spider-Man <laughs> cartoon on a cereal box. Yep. Um, but it was cool to hear like the Maw reference because that ties into the whole like Mortis family, which is another reference again to Clone Wars and Rebels, which is bringing in these like really small EU things that um, are kind of like one of a kind. So I was I was hyped that like the Maw was referenced and just that Kessel was portrayed that way. Why why do I when I search Abeloth I get some fucking Black Swan Joker looking hoe and then I also get a cartoon. Villain from Scooby Doo. That's how they're the same. They're the same one. They're the same person, huh? It's like, yeah, she used to live in the mall. She went from this is that uh, this is that classic uh, post Return of the Jedi EU that everybody misses so much. I I really wish we still had that cereal box villain in Star Wars. Oh yeah, it'd be great. She was Uh, creepy. Well, the fact that it's not it's not canon. Like we, we just know this. There's a big oh, no, yeah, tentacle totally. beast, you know. But obviously, yeah, I'm not. It might have been, been pulled from something. Like Shinobi, this. I'm not mad about it. It's not going to ruin the movie. It's on the Borgallet level. It's just like why? Okay, whoa, next whoa, scene. whoa, whoa, a mind ridding octopus. Is, I don't huh? think it's quite Borgallet level. I uh, don't. Yeah, yeah, I think Borgallet's a little more cringeworthy, honestly. Um, I thought Borgallet and uh, and the fact that it's Borgallet. Fuck, who is the the squid that was running the crime syndicate on Corellia? Lady, uh, Lady Marmalade or something. Those two that was the like shit right nah. out of Men in Black. I saw that, yeah. that hoe in the background trying to enter Earth space. Oh, man. Kay Lady Proxima, right? Lady Proxima, yeah. yeah. I was like, eh, okay. Nope. See, I feel like the beginning is what um, the original like Lord and Miller version was. Because it's very, like, the whole like rock thermal detonator thing, like, that all feels very Guardians. Yeah. And then the movie kind of matures as it goes on. So I feel like, I feel like the script, the original script, really shows itself in the lot in the third act. I feel like that's like really where like Kasdan, the Kasdan's like writing shows itself. Wait, but say I mean, that again. Because I mean, it's so it's John and Lawrence Kasdan wrote it, but then they've obviously had three directors touch it now. So if there's seventy five percent of reshoots, some of that stuff's still going to be in. I feel like the beginning shows more of what. The original Lord and, shot stuff of what Lord and Miller might have read the cat the script and been like, oh, cool, Guardians of the Galaxy style will work. But then, like as the script progresses, it matures, and that style would not have held over for the end. 
Like those that last thirty minutes would not have worked Guardians of the Galaxy style. Right. Like no way. I'm distracting you, turd muffin. Whatever the fuck he says. Yeah, that wouldn't have worked. Upset. Um What are you upset about? I don't know, man. What did you guys have any major issues? Kathleen Kennedy. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pissed. No. How dare she give us another movie? <laughs> oh, uh, we talked about this in the in the group chat a little bit. I didn't love. Again, it's not a major issue. I didn't love that they gave us some pre movie text. I liked it before the I credits. Loved it. Loved I liked it. it. See, I feel like if you're gonna do that, why not just do the crawl? Because that's what the crawl is supposed to be. It no, because because it's a it's like a preface, and then you have the first like mini act, and then you have a time jump. So, like, the text is setting up that, like, intro. That way, the time jump doesn't feel weird. Like, remember Rogue One? If you go, like, jump right into Rogue One, and it's, like, action right away, and then they're like, oh, by the way, three years later. So, like, the, I think the text helped with the pacing a lot. Because the it was so clunky, that first 20 minutes. But they did and that I think, in Rogue One. They didn't not, have any not like opening huge text time at all. Jump. And it was when she was a kid, and then it flash forwards to, you know, 15 yeah, but that's years a, later. that's a big time jump, though. Yeah. And that whole beginning scene was like very clearly early on. I don't know. I liked it. I thought it worked for like that type of There's no crawl for Rogue One. No, it just goes straight into it. Well, no, they're not gonna they're saying. not gonna put a crawl on the, the No, I, I understand, but like what's the point of removing the crawl idea if you're still gonna have to set the movie up with text? Because it's not, not an epic. Like, it doesn't dude, ruin it. I'm just the I'm crawl just is for an ep- like the crawl is like for an epic like you're getting dropped right into the action. This well, is just not, like a slight preface. Not only that, but like- the crawl for the 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 trilogy movies. This is where we left off. This is where we are, and this is the current conflict. Yeah, in the story that we've already been watching. Yeah, no, I feel it. This not, text was more just setting up. This is where the fuck we are. Yeah, I guess so. I'm just. I no, was watching I was it completely I was just like, happy with it. And it, it no, just we're ran- gonna, Cody. We're changing your mind. Stop. Yeah, I mean seriously, if you don't if you don't I listen up. My mind. Actually, now that I've been thinking more about it, the fact that they didn't do a crawl, I think I think I think that there's no crawl in solo. I hate Star Wars now. Everything that happened in the eighties is terrible. Kathleen Kennedy, I don't understand. It's all it's all it's all shitty. You you've done Jesus. the opposite. You've changed my mind in the opposite way. All right. Anyone got any favorite Easter eggs? The or thing, man. Yeah, yeah I, that one was really cool. I, I really, and then the fact that they they announced that she's like dead is so cool because she's a character that hardcore Star Wars fans know, and like even if you're a casual Star Wars fan, you've seen her on screen and you probably didn't even fucking know who it was. You've seen her on Episode One, watching the fucking pod races, and you don't oh, even know so who it quick is. So you didn't even notice that she was up there. Yeah, I mean but she's connected that, oh, to Boba too. So yep, yeah, yep, yeah. I swear. I heard somebody say Zalbar. No, they said the Zan sisters, I thought. Is that no, what you're talking about? I, well, I don't know. I don't know if it was 100% Zalbar or not, but <laughs> no. me and Tommy Boy both. Obviously, she, it's not Zalbar from KOTOR, but I'm no, just yeah. saying, I swear I mean, to God, somebody in that movie said the word Zalbar. Val said, like, we could have hired Bosk or the Zan sisters. No, which that was, I it was, was a different tight. scene. It was, it was when the Wookiees were escaping Kessel. Oh, what? Oh, oh, that would be crazy. It was when all it, of them were escaping Kessel and it was like kind of frantic and yeah. That'd be I, a cool little nod. Like even if it was just some other Wookiee that was also named Zalbar. Well, can there you, is... Good. Can we talk about the heroin addict Wookiee that <laughs> Chewie helped up? 
What the, happened to the fucking the Planet of the Apes one? The Planet of the Apes Wookie. I must. I don't remember that. Someone did, said, there's another Wookie on screen. Are you kidding me? Someone said uh, no, it was malnourished. That's why it looked like that. Oh my god, he didn't have face hair. Face so hair. bad. It was so sure. bad. He looked like a pug. Like there was like air the everywhere one, but his face. Like the main one that he says like goodbye to when he the one he like bumps with heads Han. with. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. His face looked like a fucking chocolate chocolate chip cookie. When you said the heroin addict Wookie, I was like thinking of a Wookiee that was like snorting Kessel mine spice or something. In Clearly the he was. I didn't, I didn't know what you were talking about. That was cringeworthy. That's honestly probably more cringeworthy than the goddamn octopus that runs space. Possibly. Um, that runs space. <laughs> Nicole just jumped in and said that she couldn't stand the fucking feminist slave droid. See, I, I didn't even it. see it that way. I loved it. You know why I loved it? Because I it's the movies, Star Wars movies are based on reality. What's going on? And people are so up in arms and so into their what they're into. I fucking liked it. I fucking liked it. And I agree See, with, I, with what's going on these days is I think a droid revolution. The droids are I thought, insane. It, I yeah. thought in it was America. like a tip of the hat and a laugh to what's the fuck's going on in real life. But it's also nothing new. Like one of the oldest things when talking about like droids and robots is rebellion. Like Blade, like even back to Blade Runner and like all that stuff. Like it's Terminator. a common theme. Like Terminator, anything. Yeah. So I don't think it's like I just think it's interesting that everything's so politically charged right now that people have to like make it a SJW thing. I don't think it is. I think it's a it was she was never like, oh, I'm a she never even talked about being a female, really. Like she just had a girl's voice. So people like jumped to that conclusion. But I thought it was just strictly about droids rebelling in like a humorous, satirical way. It was yeah, it was fucking hundred percent satire. I thought it was hilarious. Oh yeah, it was it was fucking hilarious. I <laughs> Can loved we talk it. about Lando getting angry hand jobs from from L3? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Like I It's hilarious. I, I can see Cassian being more emotional about K2. The Lando, like, hold with, I was, like, I can appreciate it because obviously you just lost basically your first mate. And you, and, but no, there was, was an his awkward first sexual mate. tension. Yeah. There was a, supposed between to be. a droid and Lando. Yeah. Do you think Lando has never, lines? Dude, do, you think Lando, do you think there's a line in the sand for Lando where no, he's like, he's no. banging circuitry. <laughs> I, it was fucked from the Lando beginning. Will bang whatever. I'm never going to look Lando in the face the same again. That's, yep. He was banging a motherboard. This is fucking weird. <laughs> Sticking his dick in a goddamn USB and hoping for the best. I can't stand it. Wonder what kind of adapter that shit takes. <laughs> well, he figured it out. That's why he's famous. Because everybody else wants to bang droids too. We're getting to that too. With satire. People are banging robots now. I was gonna say um, we're about to get like porn VR sex robots, so it's not far <laughs> off. It's I mean, not- in in the Lando comic, he's like super attached to Lobot. Like, they're, like, he calls him, like, his brother. They're, like, super close. And then something bad happens to Lobot, and he, like, loses a lot of his, like, personality. And then that's how we see him in Empire. But originally, him and Lobot were, like, best friends. Like, that was his boy. That he was bad? Wait. Maybe. Hey. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past Lando. In their comic, they're super close. I'm happy. I'm... uh, So... I, I will say the one thing that speak it. Look, I thought it was a great movie. Yeah, it, it was honestly. I came out of this movie thinking that was more fun than any other Star Wars movie I've ever seen. Yep. I still think the casting could have been better. 
I disagree. even with even with For Kira, who? even with Kira, I was like, there's some acting stuff that, like, she just. I don't know. And then obviously with Han, I, that just, it was a miss for me. Um, no, nope. I loved it. I loved it too. I, I it think was like, a lot of the people that, a lot of the stuff that people were hung up about is like, they expected him to be Harrison Ford in 1977 right, and not right. Han. I, I thought it was great. I got, I got, I got a good uh, way to look at it. Do is it. it. Have you ever like, have you ever seen a friend from high school after 10 years of not seeing them? No. And then being like, how the hell was yeah. I ever friends with you? This fucker They're, up here. Like, people change over time so much. Like, yeah. I was so happy that they were willing to do, like, 20-year-old Han is not going to be 35-year-old Han. Yeah. Like, there's sure. no way. Like, they're but, di- you're, you're different at different points in your life. So I was totally fine with him not acting like Harrison Ford. But, but still, it's not, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not saying that I did, it wasn't believable. I'm saying his acting was part crap. I didn't think so. Like I didn't. I think, thought it was so good. Really? I just. I, I uh, everything he said was like half believable, and I maybe that's part of what Han's supposed to be because he's kind of selling himself further right. than he should be. Dude, the but, scene where he gets separated from Kira, that was acted so well. Everybody's gonna act like that. He's the, she's the only one given out. That I'm putting out to him <laughs> like you're gonna fucking fight for it. But uh, I just, I don't know what it is, and it it, it almost. Maybe I went into it with a bias because I didn't like his acting in the trailers. And the way he said stuff, I was like, dude, you are missing me. You're missing me left and right. I like love, when, I love when, when she says, uh, you know, I know who you really are. And he goes, ha, 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 what's that? I'm like, stop. See, I thought I, I love that because he, like, I did too. he like laughed and tried to play it off. But it, like two seconds after he laughed, he got serious because he was worried that she actually knows who the fuck he is. Like he's trying to be a badass, but he's actually just a good guy. Yeah, but I still didn't believe him. I know I, what he's trying to do. I 100% did. But I did too. Just because you're talked into goddamn chocolate ice cream doesn't mean I have to eat vanilla. Just because I'm a Disney shill doesn't mean I have to love everything. Uh, Patrick yeah. here summed it up very well. He was hesitant about Han's character from the trailers and everything. But 10, 15 minutes in the movie was sold. 100%. In. Look, I'm not mad at it. I'm just saying, if I had to pick one thing out of the entire movie to shit on, I would. I would pick the casting. I don't know. I, I'm. I wasn't. What am I trying to say? Maybe he was more believable than I than I expected. Imagine but do a I think world. That, do I think someone else could have done better? Absolutely. Picture I think world someone else could have done better. Picture a world where you don't have to pick one thing to shit on out of the movie. But that's the, that's what you have to do because <laughs> there was one thing. Are you yeah, my, for me, it was the, it was Lady Proxima and the space uh, tentacle thing. See, I'm so cool with like, I love like just weird monsters and species in Star Wars. I, I don't know. Dude, if they could have put Zac Efron there, I think he could have goddamn done it. <laughs> he would have been shirtless half the time, which, well, whatever. But uh, I would have been okay. I would have been okay with it, guys. Anything else that you guys, I mean, out of the normal Star Wars cringy moments where there's a worm running the fucking crime yeah, syndicate. Yeah, like I said, I'm not that, I'm not, not that worried about it. No, um, no, I'm saying, is there anything else? Major cringe stuff? No, anything else that you're going to be critiqueful? Critiqued. Um, I was kind of mm. bummed that uh, Val died so early. I would have I liked to see her, not just for seeing her more, but I would have liked to see her die because of Dryden. That way, when you see... Uh, Beckett double cross them for Dryden 
then Han like learns that lesson of like, even though Dryden was responsible for Val's death, he's still willing to take sides with him just to survive. I think that would have been cool if like to see her a little bit longer and like die like either on Kessel or like something they were doing just to survive because Dryden was threatening them. Yeah. I thought she died kind of non-consequentially, which kind of bummed me out. Like I feel like she didn't have to die there. I uh I thought it was quick, but I liked the fact that I like the timing, but what you said, like if there was a little bit more context, it would have been nice. Cause I feel like Beckett represents Han if Han never found Luke and Leia. Yeah. Like if Han if Han would have lived until he was Beckett's age and never met Luke and Leia, Beckett is who he would have become. You would have killed yourself. You lost me. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Han <laughs> Han shoots. I, I get it, yeah. The old days Not of that you're committing past, suicide yeah. over Star Wars because no. Kathleen Kennedy ruined my childhood. But she did. But <laughs> okay. I honestly um, don't have a serious like about, grievance and cringe or complaint. Like okay, I, I pick about, on like the worm tentacles shit ever since Rogue One just because. It's, but it's, it, a like, part it's of Star not Wars. like I'm gonna walk out of the fucking theater. It's fine. Every if other guys, species has tentacles. I, I'm if okay you guys with do yeah, want to look, um, there is a thread on the Star Wars Reddit right now from someone who liked the movie and was just like, hey, I loved Solo, but I'm curious to see like what people didn't like about it. And for the most part, all the comments are like, oh, I loved it, but like, here's a small critique. Here's a small critique. Yeah. So if you guys do want to see it, I would go check that out. There's a lot of like good things that you could see, like totally understand like, oh, you don't like that. That makes sense. But it still is like not huge plot points. Yeah. Yeah, and Shinobi just brought up, kind of re, uh, restated it. This is Han before he was Han. It's not an, a Harrison Ford in, impersonator. So, I like that. That still doesn't make it a, him a great actor. You're not talking me into it. <sighs> he is a good actor. I think, I, like he, I think he was great, yeah. I thought he was great in Hail Caesar, too. Yeah. yeah. In what? Hail Caesar. Jesus. You haven't seen that? Nope. Oh. That's enough. I've never heard of it. It's pretty good. Cohen Brothers, same dudes that did like the Big Lebowski and everything. Well, if that dude's in it, I am watching it because it's terrible <laughs> acting. Your life is so easy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fucking disaster. Like, everything's over here. easy when your mind's already made up before you go into stuff. Yep. That was a good one. That was a good burn. Um. Okay. Uh, are we done with solo? Overall thoughts? Are we gonna rank it? Not. Not in. Not in. A grand ranking, but like out of three. Um, quickly, what do you guys think of the Falcon? And also, I love that they like there was a the weirdness about the Kessel Run being in twelve parsecs and twelve parsecs is oh, a measurement can we talk of about distance, that real quick? not time. But can we talk about that? Yeah, I, I, I okay. think that would that would be cool. I think the fact that they made the Ugh. Kessel Run in twelve parsecs, like a shorter route through the same thing, that was way more dangerous, and just like retcon the entire distance first yeah, time well, thing was fucking I mean awesome. in uh in the EU it used to be that Han would brag about it because it was more of a boast about his navigation skills instead of the speed of the ship. Yeah. So like that's why in the EU he would always brag about it. Um so I thought it was cool that they kind of like muddied the lines again. Yeah. So like now we're still not sure if it is time or distance because like if you take the Kessel run straight through like that wormhole thing then it's could be 20 parsecs of time or distance. But like to do it faster would mean you'd have to take a shortcut like through the mall, but would also need a fast ship. So it's like, I don't know, maybe it's some weird Star Wars time and distance thing. Because they even refer to it beforehand. Like you said, no one's done it less than 20 parsecs. Yeah. Everybody assumes that's going to be time, but distance still works there. 
the crow flies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pissed. I, I never really thought, I never really looked in depth. I, th- I still assumed it was time because they took a shortcut. I like that we can't say one or the other. <laughs> Very true. I like how the Falcon gradually got destroyed. And into that last shot what of a it piece just of junk busted. Sh- uh, state by the end of the movie. Yeah. When it's just crashed and busted, I was like, <laughs> that is the Falcon now. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's, that's well, when Han loves it, when it's all busted up. Well, and I also like that because while it almost says something about Han as a character, like Lando likes his clean, pristine capes and all this shit, and his ship's going to be fucking spotless. The first fucking time Han flies the thing, busted up, satellite's gone, shit, and it's already like I feel like the interior quickly got dirty and shit's breaking, and it's just like it's almost like the the condition of the Falcon shadows the character who's flying it. Yeah, I like that. Um, also, it lost a uh, the very first satellite dish. Yep, in this one. Yeah, so Out it gets replaced four. twice. <laughs> now, I I will say this: I did not notice the center front piece break off. I noticed when it was missing when he landed on that on the final sand planet, um, but I didn't notice it actually break off. It was when the thing was chasing him, and he unleashed the um, I don't even know what you would call it like the cargo at the front of the ship and dropped it. And then the, the creature started chasing that instead of the ship so they could take off. Oh, okay. I, I think, and that's right when like kind of the satellite breaks too. I noticed the satellite break. It was a quick, not, I don't even want to say quick, but there was a lot going on in that sequence. It was kind of hard to follow sometimes. I need to see it again. Just a lot. A lot of Man, details. just the, I'm just thinking back through the movie there because there's a lot for how simple of a plot line it was. There's a lot, man. Yeah, the first time Han starts flying it, and then Chewie jumps in a co-pilot seat and knows exactly what the fuck to do. So sweet. I was like, "Oh my god, yes!" It's like everybody's yes. fucking up being the co-pilot, and he's just standing back there, just like waiting. Like, guys, come his on. little theme was so cool too. Yeah, can't believe he didn't have one until then. So that's a good point. But he doesn't have a lot of screen time, especially by himself. There is zero. There's probably zero of just Chewie. Of just Chewy, in what all the in other all movies? the movies? Yeah, I think Last Jedi was probably the first time he was on screen by himself. True. When when Solo, well, and uh, the Force Awakens when ports. Solo dies. There's like that half second of him walking in to find three PO on Best. Oh yeah, true. True. Yeah, we're, we're uncovering gremlins. all this shit. <laughs> after Solo dies, uh, Chewie runs through half the Star Killer yep. base and shoots a thousand people. Yeah, your theory's totally wrong. <laughs> We need like a chewy mixtape of just see like that, all the moments see, he's been alone. So funny. That's that's what happens. I make a claim and everybody agrees with me for thirty seconds, and then and they're, they're like, like, "Wait, that's completely wrong." Everything was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And what was the? There was one last thing you said that you want to touch on. It was the Falcon. I was just saying, what do you guys think about? I mean, character-wise, the Falcon is pretty much a character. So now I, it is. Yeah. I am. I'm very happy with the Falcon from from this mo- from the, from this movie. I'll just yeah. say that. Yeah, me too. I think it's cool too that it ties in now to when uh, 3PO tells Han that the ship has a peculiar dialect. I thought that's cool. Like it references L3 now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like it. Well, and just the fact that the the ship is so finicky in the first place. Yeah. It's got her like stubborn ass personality yep. inside of it. 
Oh, also, um, this, like, it's kind of built now, that relationship with Chewie, that um, he's kind of like Han's moral compass. Because I was rewatching um, A New Hope, and, like, at the end, when they're about to leave, after he tells Luke, like, may the force be with you, whatever, he, he looks at Chewie, like, Chewie growls, and he looks at Chewie, and he's like, what are you looking at? I know what I'm doing. So, like, you kind of get this idea now that, like, Chewie's the one that's, like, making him or, like, telling him he should do the right thing. Because he, like, leaves and then he comes back. Mm-hmm. And so, like, now there's this, like, dynamic between the two of them that, like, Chewie's not just his, like, person that's there to help him. He's, like, actually, like, his equal and, like, his sidekick and he'll call out Han for shit. Yeah. I completely love the fact that they're building to that or they have mm-hmm. built to that. Because I'm sick of Batman and Robin. Yeah. I'm sick of that. And not that I'm not saying that particularly. I'm just saying that aspect of clearly he's in charge and better and smarter mm-hmm. and faster and doing all this stuff. Chewie is obviously 196 years old, probably knows four times as much as Han, but they work off each other so well. Mm-hmm. It's just like Metallica. Individually, they're probably <laughs> shit, shit musicians, but when they all get into a room and make a song, you're like, holy shit. So when Chewie and uh, Han fly the Falcon, untouchable. Untouchable. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Um, so what are we thinking? Rankings? I, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to rank this, and, and obviously we're going to have a short fucking list. I'm not going to rank this against, I guess that's unfair. I'll just say I'm not going to rank it against the sagas, but. Then you would be ranking against one movie. <laughs> I know, and it would be second, <laughs> to be honest. Okay. Um, fuck. Obviously, it's a three. I was I was not excited about it. The fact that they did a Han Solo movie right after they killed Han Solo. I've said it before. Yeah. It's disconcerting. Yeah. But they yeah, did it well. Wise, a three, they did sure. it. Extre- they did it extremely well. Yeah. And the fact that someone can walk into this movie not as a Star Wars fan and still wholeheartedly enjoy it mm-hmm. says so much about this film because that's almost impossible for every other Star Wars film. Yeah. You have to be a Star Wars fan to understand the rest of Star Wars. This one is just a a great plot with clear-cut characters that advance or grow throughout the movie. That's that's the building of a good film, period. Maybe not. Maybe it's a terrible podcast. I'm I'm letting your delicious drunk words just sink in because you're right. I'm just just more happy with... I'm more happy with Solo than I ever expected to be. True. Was it a perfect movie? Absolutely not. But I think with what I said, where it walked the line of, if you're a huge Star Wars fan, there was a lot more in there than you would ever expect. Right. If you have no clue what the fuck Star Wars is, but you went and saw the movie, <laughs> you could you could easily enjoy the fucking movie. Yeah, and then become um, a Star Wars fan. And which has never been done yeah. by, by, by a, a Star Wars film. So... Um, we uh, we do I would have to do a three the... out of three. Go see it right now yep. while it's in theaters. Yep. I'm I'm wondering how it's going to hold up when uh, you get it on Blu-ray after the fact. Yeah. Um. While I don't think the action was key, there is a lot of action. There's always something going on. Strife, conflict. It's like it's like a war zone. <laughs> it's like a battlefield or a battlefront. I agree. Three out of three. Um. I, I will say we do have to do the rankings because. This is Little Drangus's first time on the show. So mm-hmm. you have to hear his ranking of Star Wars movies as well. So yeah, three out of three for me. What do you think, Mr. Weiss? Out of three? And of course, we're doing the beer rating style. I'll do, which out, of, is, I'll do out of three. Um, you have this to. is 
this is something that like I would I would watch like even the one thing about Rogue One that like I loved it but I think it is such like a theater movie it's so like grand in a way that you kind of have to sit down and pay attention to it um Solo is something that I could sit down and pay attention to, but I could also just have it on in the background when like friends are over or while I'm working on stuff. And it's like just the same way with Empire where they're just like entertaining or Revenge of the Sith. They're just like entertaining movies that are visually like what I like to see, characters I like to see, just the right amount of humor, but also like consequence. I'll put it, I mean, I did have semi-high expectations just because I expected a lot out of the Kasdans and... I didn't. I knew after reshoots they wouldn't put out a movie until it was really ready to be put out. So I did expect a lot out of it, and it was more than I expected. So do a three. So four. Um, <clears throat> that's good. Good. So everybody's correct. Um, yeah, it is a three out of three movie. Uh, now I will say it's concerning to go to Rotten Tomatoes and see a seventy percent on that. Fuck them, dude. I. I don't get it. It's very unfair because all of our points are saying even if the reviewer is not a Star Wars fan, you should still enjoy this film. I think this is a this is going to be weird for me to say. I think this is a better film than all of the other movies. Film as in plot from point A to point B, character development and and the the conflict. I think that's the 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 maybe I'm saying it the other way. This is a better story. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So a story and a film are different. I know what like you're a story to can say. be a, like the, the Star Wars. Like this the felt prequels, like a book. Say that again. It felt like a book. Like it felt like one of the, like an EU novel. Like it felt like something that you could read and it has a beginning, a middle and an end. But the end wants you to know more about that character in that time. Like most of like the EU novels where even the standalones like Plagueis and stuff like that, like the end of Plagueis has an open end. The end of Revan has an open end. The end of the Bane series, you still don't get an answer. But they're like these stories that are about the immediate thing right in front of you. There's no huge picture of like, well, what does that mean? Which is like nice about this as a movie is that it's it kind of sums itself up within its own plot. Well, yeah. it, it, like we said, it, it fits well as a standalone in a large picture. Mm-hmm. And no and no other film has done that yet. Um, so it's just maybe it's just so refreshing because I can sit down and half pay attention and still enjoy every fucking thing that happens. I don't have to wholeheartedly. Why is Ray's eyebrow twitch when she says that? <laughs> maybe she is. Maybe she's Snoke. I don't like who fucking cares. I just went some <laughs> Joey Diaz there. Just fucking. <laughs> Let totally me tell you pissed. something, Joe Rogan. I went into Hustle and I did a bunch of blow and I don't remember <laughs> any of it. Listen um, to me, Rogan. I have Mopar for your for your ratings thing. I took a screenshot on May twelfth on IMDb. There were six hundred and sixty ratings for Solo two weeks before it came out, and it had a six point three out of ten. The movie wasn't even released yet. Six hundred and sixty ratings. This is shit. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy is terrible. My life is over. My life childhood is, is over. Everything's terrible. Everybody is so down in the dumps, just in a general, like, if you go to Facebook and check out your friends, they're like, I had to work today. Like, so would everybody else. But we're not bitching about it. Like, what the fuck? That's why I love that Kathleen Kennedy Thanos meme where it's like, 
by the end of this, half the Star Wars fans will cease to exist. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate sacrifice. Hey, man. Now, if we needed a, a better reason for uh, Thanos' character, I think, uh, I think we found it. I will ask this. Do you think this movie will turn on or... Yeah, turn Star, Star Wars on. Turn new? Yes. I knew it. <laughs> Do you think like new people, if they saw this, they're like, "Wow, I should probably watch the rest of them." Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. This will introduce. I, this is a good introduction film. I think there's going to be some kids too that watch Rebels, like not knowing that, not really understanding that there's like nine other movies now, and they watch Rebels because it's on Disney XD, and they're like six years old, seven years old, or older. I mean, I watch Rebels, and I'm like 25. So, but I think there's going to be people who watch like Rebels and uh, Clone Wars that go see this movie and feel like, oh my God, this is a bigger picture. Like, it's not just the characters we see in front of us. Like, everything's kind of connected, but it's still a big universe and want to go see more. I can't say it enough. I'm so happy that the Empire isn't all over this fucking movie because mm -hmm. it easily could have been. And I'm happy they told a story outside of the Empire, outside of the Republic, outside of the Rebellion. I'm just so happy because it is opening a door for... For an existing character to do basically a prequel on an existing character that's in the rebellion, to be able to open new doors in a in a standalone movie with that character is so cool. Yeah, I'm and so to do to do a movie about an OT character but have so much reference to the prequels and the cartoons, like that ties the whole intellectual property together in yes. such a fun way. That's the greatest that you're like Gandhi right now. This you <laughs> that's exactly what this movie does. It bridges the prequels with the original trilogy with all the references and all the stuff that we've we talked about or sing. Who the hell is that? Watch episode 1, you dick. And then and then obviously Han is I mean he, it's almost tying everything together cuz he's in his goddamn sequels. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, outside of and, C-3PO, and which I'm not going to fucking watch a C-3PO movie yeah. Kat, because Kathleen Kennedy ruined everything already. But um, if Disney paid me to watch it, I would watch it. I'm a shit. I mean, an R2 movie, fair enough. I'll watch that all day. But um, yeah, that finicky bitch. I feel, that's one thing. I feel like L3 is if R2 had a translator. Like there's so oh, much yeah, stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. dude. <laughs> And I guess like her mind or like her original like mind comes from an R3 unit. Like that's like her base is like an astromech R3 unit. And then it's just been like built on and built on and built on and like edited mm. so many times. I thought it was cool. I thought the glory like of the Empire, it was like the Imperial March, but like in a major key while he's in the recruitment center. I thought that was super fun. Like there's all these little things that are like tying the universe together. In a tasteful way, it didn't, and nothing felt Perfect. forced. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's what I think. This movie could have gone off the rails very quickly. <laughs> off the rails, a lot of people died when it went off the rails and shit. Um, it could have went off the rails very quickly if they forced all the references, or or if they forced characters into this film just for. Oh, we'll we'll sell a lot of Boba Fett shit if we put him in the fucking background. Like I would have felt it. And I wouldn't have been happy. Tasteful. It's very tasteful. It's a tasteful movie. We go from A to B. I'm happy when we land at C. Um, good. Now rank it's it. Good. Good. Great. Uh, out of what? Um, uh, what's your new uh, oh, order? order? Yeah, your, your new ranking, man. What's the favorite Star Wars movies from best to worst? 
from best Obviously, to worst. Obviously, Last Jedi's worst. Ah, uh, man. Everything that Empire you, you want me to worst. do this right now? Okay. Yeah, you can make but Weiss go first if you want. I'll go first. I'm okay. gonna put that pressure on Weiss. He doesn't look ready. Never been ready. <laughs> I wrote mine down after I saw Solo, so I can go first, I guess. Let me do pull it. up Google yeah. Docs. If you want to write down. All right, so here's mine. People are pissed already. I can feel it. I can feel your anger. Seven, five, eight, one, solo, Rogue One, three, four, six, two. Say that again. Slower <laughs> and, 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 and a sexual voice. Seven, five, eight, one, solo, Rogue One. Seven, five, eight, one, solo and Rogue One. Uh, three. Wait, you have episode one higher than yes. Rogue One and Stop Solo? Stop talking to me. Stop talking to me. What three, are you four, doing? six, two. Man, three is so low. It's not that low. Uh, it's less than half. Listen, here's what <laughs> I was trying to say. And at the end of this tweet, I said, God damn, there's 10 fucking movies now? Like, ranking this them when so there were six was way easier. Now that there's 10, the fact that Revenge of the Sith is number seven doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's... I like the other ones a little bit better. It, it's hard to rank it because now I feel like... We're gonna, you're going to need a new ranking system, like three categories, one from each saga, and a standalone. So like five, seven, one. Like, Ooh. you know what I'm saying? Not oh, that order. Oh, I see what you mean. Like out of... Like one from so each. So one from each like trilogy it, and the standalone movies, pick one from each. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Like, bra- like you got to make a little brackets. I'd pick... Uh, Seven, five, one, and Solo and Rogue One are really, really close. I have to see Solo more. I think I, I have, have to see, see more. Too. I have to see Solo more. As, as uh, I wrote down here, I have Solo is there an echo above in here? it. But yeah, I'll run through mine real quick. Do it. Rogue One, three, seven, five, eight, Solo. One four six two. Nice. I can respect that. Four and six have been quickly dropping. Um, yeah. And I really, it's it's always difficult. These, I mean, these are the movies we love, and we're, we're we always force us on upon, upon ourselves. Yeah. But uh, they're two, all number two, one. Two is a bad film. I don't care who you are. <laughs> two is not a great film. I think it's pretty good. Well, it's, that's it, why well, you're not allowed back on the show. I think no. I think that like for I think it's really cool for what it is. Like it's it's a one of a kind Star Wars film. The same way that like Solo and Rogue One are going to be. It's it's just like it's so like distinct in what he was. Yes, he may have missed a lot of what he was trying to do, but I think that that whole like detective like vibe is. I think Clone Wars feels like the or, uh, Attack of the Clones feels like the Clone Wars. Like, it feels like the idea he had for Attack of the Clones was fleshed out in the Clone Wars cartoon. Kind of like those ideas. He just jumped around so much. Yeah. And it's really cheesy, but it feels like the Clone Wars cartoon fleshed out that whole, like, idea. But it is still really cringe. Super cringy. We have, by the way, Keegan here that has... Keegan types. Seven and one all lower... Than Attack of the Clones on his list. He's a crazy person, I think. He might Jesus. be. Him. <laughs> might. Well, if he's listening, yeah. All right, Weiss, you're up. Um, I'm judging you wholeheartedly on one film to see I where that I'm, lands. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm very curious about that. 
I think I'm missing something. The prequels. There's 10 of them. Oh, no. I'm a, I watched a bunch of prequels. Well, right. technically, there's 11 if people want to include the animated movie. So are we doing a watchability or like quality? No, your favorite. Uh, just your favorite. You as a fan. Mm. It, so right. it could be a bad film, but you love it. That's more why than Phantom Menace is so high on my list. All right. Uh, well, then let me change one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Eight at the bottom. Fuck that. All right. Whatever. Um, five, four, three. <laughs> five, four, three. You're Hell a great yeah. human being. You're a great fucking human being. Three is so high for you. I love it. Five, four, three, seven, Rogue eight, one. one, Rogue One, Solo, six, two. Interesting. Okay. Do it one more time. I mean, this is just like as of right now. If I had to sit down and do a marathon and watch like the ones I want to watch the most first. Five, four, three, seven, eight, one, Rogue One, Solo, six, two. As a Phantom Menace fan, I like that uh, one is above both the spinoffs. So. I mean, I could watch Phantom Menace a hundred times a year, and I could probably only watch Rogue One like fifty. I think so I do watch why. Phantom Menace a hundred times a year. I I mean, five, four, and three are just like the most fun for me to watch. Like just sitting there quoting lines, like looking forward to certain parts. Like five, four, and three are like for sure my favorite. I feel that way about like five. Well, the ones that I put up there was five, seven, and one, but definitely five and seven. I find myself talking along with the entire thing. I'm I'm glad. All right, so I, I have a feeling. Glad it's diverse. I just have, I just have a general consensus here. I'm glad that all of us have truly enjoyed eight, but it doesn't have to be the greatest perfect fucking film. No, it's and right it's, in the middle it, for me. Yeah, it's it's I think sixth for me or fifth. So I'm just as a Star Wars community, we need to be able to do that. Just be. It can land somewhere in the middle, guys. It really can. It doesn't have to be perfect, and it's also not terrible. Right. I mean, two's last on my list, but I'll still defend it and talk about why I love watching it. Like right. I have, I have fun watching two sometimes. Like yeah. Geonosis, Obi Wan just being a smartass the whole movie and just being so upset with Anakin, but just letting him do his thing. Yeah. Like it's fun. Yeah. But I mean, my top four are the first two are OT, the third one's prequels, and the fourth one's sequels. Like I'm, I'm having fun with it. Oh man, we gotta work on your Rogue One uh, fan fandom. Don't it's like to. how many how many times can you watch Dunkirk? Like they're just like it's a war movie. It's like kind of I don't know. I I agree completely disagree. While I think <laughs> I while I think Rogue One is the most war. I mean, it's war. Um, I think the characters in Rogue One build a larger story outside of the war. It's it's building on the care. It's building on the soldiers, and that's what I, I love. Um, telling a soldier story and seeing what they go through and making episode four better. How the fuck in any any in entirety of life is anyone going to make episode four better? Well, Rogue One does. Yeah, I, and that, and it's astounding that they were able to do that. It's very true. Um, it also has the greatest Vader scene of all time. So very true. Um, that's number one for me. No, very true. Very true. <laughs> very. I like it and. Uh, yeah, everybody's different, man. I and I love that everybody. No, in the, no, no, no. We all have to have the same 
yep. judgment. Well, I'd said everybody's different. Not that you're right. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, it's cool because we all sit here and talk shit into into the uh, the group chat for the patrons. Um, but everyone's very different and love Star Wars for a very different reason and grew up on different shit and experienced yep. it in their own way at their different times and mm-hmm. different ages. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's really just the grand appeal of Star Wars and the Rogue Squadron podcast. So, um, grand on appeal, dick. Uh, <laughs> no, very, very. Uh, so, what what are we wrapping up here? I got no shoes on. Neither do I. <laughs> Neither do I. It's, actually, see, we're all the same. Shoeless assholes. I do have. I don't even have socks on. Neither do I. I do. Oh, you ruined it. <laughs> Damn it, Weiss. Can't help it. Should have lied. Um, okay, yeah. awesome. I, I'm. Uh, there's so much solo stuff, and we could dig more into it. I was going to say, we're going to uh, have, next we could basically do an entire review again next episode after we both see it again, because there's a lot I'm sure that I missed. I'll send and, you that list of uh, all the stuff that's in the back of Dryden's like little room, because yeah, there's be a sweet. lot of EU cuts in there. I did see the Mando armor. Yeah. There's Mando armor. There's the crystal skull thing from uh, Spectre. What is it? Splinter of the Mind's Whoa, Eye or whatever. What? Whoa, there was Mando armor and dry Yes. Yeah. Yep. I did not notice that. Yep. There's like the the Nagri uh, little like slicer thing from the Thrawn trilogy. There's, there's so much stuff back there. There's like a fake um, obsidian holocron, but it's like super big. That's like supposed to look like a holocron. There's like little mm. Sith things. There's crazy stuff back there. That's some Guardians of the Galaxy shit. Like that dude that just keeps all the Collect- gems and the collector. Shit. I the missed collector. that like most of the dialogue in those scenes because I was just looking in the background the whole time. <laughs> you know, I was, I I went in with literally just a blank slate. I didn't know what to expect. I wasn't looking deep and I wasn't listening to anything. I was just trying to enjoy a movie. Yep. Um, and I think that's. Well, the way you have to go into this film. I agree. Because if you're looking for stuff, well, I don't know. You're always going to be let down because not everything's going to fucking happen. So it's, yeah, this was just easy to watch. I think it's the easiest Star Wars film to watch. You didn't really have to follow along. You loved it. The characters. Yeah. Smoke shows and stuff. Everything. It's fun. Thing. I think just fun. That's, yep. that's what it was. Guaranteed. Agree completely. Uh, wrapping up. The I had Galaxy Pale Ale that was not planned at all. Uh, glorious. I gave it a two out of three. Mediocre. Easy to drink, but good. Also a two for the Hazy Jane from Bruto. And two fruity. three for my uh, Acoustic Ales India Pale Lager. IPL. Those are always interesting. I like them. All right, guys. Well, uh, we uh, thank. Oh, I got some hop nuts. I didn't mention this. I got some, <laughs> I got some peanuts that are hoppy flavored. That's what I want to end on, guys. <laughs> These nuts. Holy shit! Congratulations. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I do want to, uh, last but not least, uh, mention the Patreon call or yes. patron members. Um, if you guys are big fans of the show, like uh, Mr. Weiss's, look at Sidious. <laughs> Uh, you guys can head on over to the patreon.com and uh, look us up, Rogue Squadron Podcast or Rogue Squad Pod, uh, to support the show. Oh, yeah. Um, and a- as we do, and we skipped it this week, um, 
but we do pretty Cavs much finals. every week uh, a Patreon call, and yeah. you guys uh, can be a part of that. For sure. And we we have mentioned the group chat. Uh, that the patrons are all a part of. It's belligerent. It's fucking perfect. It's what everything. If you're a fan of the show, it's what you need in, in your daily life. So if you want the um, knowledge that Weiss has to hand down to you, that's where you get it. It all comes from these. Or if you need to call Mopar out on half of what he says, <laughs> you can do that in the group chat. You pay, <laughs> but there are different tiers. Um, I do want to mention, I under, I realize we have forgotten the giveaway stuff for May. So we will knock that out next episode. Um, we, this has just been an extra long episode with the solo stuff, so we'll uh, we'll we'll do that drawing next episode. Oh yeah! Um, if first. you guys haven't read this, read it. it. This series is so good. The Darth Vader uh, comic series. You got to refer. Not everybody's watching this. The Soul, the uh, Soul, Cam and Coley and Smith Darth Vader series, the newer one by Marvel Comics. By Marvel, it's got some badass Vader in it. Uh, nothing's going to beat episode Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> episode Rogue. Holy shit. Thank you guys for tuning in. Jacob Weiss. Bye, guys. <laughs>